everyone, and welcome. We are Random Encounter Productions. I'm Cody Stone, and with me tonight, we have... Caitlin, playing Fable Frost, the Ace Genasi Phoenix Soul Sorcerer. Treasure. <laughs> Guess that's you. Guess. It's your line. You're, 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 you're muted. Oh. You're still muted. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's Ke- I'm Kez, and I'm playing Treasure, the Tiefling Barbarian. Hi, everybody. I'm Eric, and I'm playing Sorak, the Aarakocra Horizon Walker Ranger. Hi, y'all. I'm Mars. I am not muted, and I'm playing Talroth Oakenblade, the Wood Elf Scout. And I am Tom. Um, I will be playing uh, Na'vi, the Half-Elf Rune Knight. Welcome, 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 everyone. We are super excited to have you guys here. And uh, joining us for this evening, this is Disasters and Danger. It is our D&D 5e high fantasy game uh, that we are uh, super excited to jump into in just a couple of minutes. But before we get into tonight's adventure, we do have a couple of quick announcements. Uh, Caitlin. No, someone else do it. Eric. Someone else. Turned his camera on and off, and so it moved everybody, and everyone just fucking shifted when he came back. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And we had to try uh-huh. and move everybody back uh-huh. into place. We're so, all ourselves again. I could do the announcement. I'm so sorry. I'm Tom, and I'm going to be playing Surak. The, the, uh... <laughs> oh, and you haven't even heard the voice, so you doing that is hilarious for lots of reasons. Um, Nicely done. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Random Encounter Productions, where it's this kind of chaos all the time. We are sponsored by Norse Foundry Dice. You can see them over to my this side. Um, oh my god, my camera's not flipped here like it is in Discord. I love it. Um, they sell all kinds of dice, which our friends are showing off right now. Thank you all, friends. And if you want to get 15% off of your entire order, which is quite a lot, quite frankly, uh, especially considering they big, shiny dice, um, you can use our discount code REPRPG. That's R-E-P-R-P-G, same as our channel handle. Um, so you can get yourselves dice, dice, boxes, dice, spell cards. That's not how you spell foundry. Norse foundry. Aha! Uh, gemstone dice. Big, big honkin' boulder dice, which you'll see me roll later today if we get into dire straits. It is, yes, it is goblin mine trying to click it, click bath rocks. And we will have you know, they deliver super fast. Andrew, who plays Grizz, our dwarven cook, um, and was here last Monday, bought his set of metal dice during Monday's show, and they got there by the end of the week. Like, he has them already. He had them this weekend. They were ready to go. Um, so absolutely check that out. Get yourself some clicky, clacky, shiny math rocks. And if you're in our server, please show them off because that is what we like to do is just look at dice shinies. They're so nice. Awesome. Thank you so, so much for that. So uh, also we do want to uh, shine a quick spotlight on some of our uh, friendly other channels. So Tom, why don't you tell us about Wiki Game RPG. Me? I couldn't possibly. Okay. Hi. <laughs> welcome. Thank you for having me yet again. Um, in case you couldn't tell, um, I'm I'm not, uh, you know, originally one of the the, the rep RPG uh, uh, gods that you see before you. I actually come from Wicked Game RPG over on Twitch at Wicked Game RPG um, over on uh, Twitter and Instagram and all of those good places at exactly the same place. We do 
tons of uh, good D&D content. Uh, we currently have a, um, if I don't say so myself, fantastic um, sort of short, uh, short sort of term campaign uh, going on called the Lighthouse of Isidos. Uh, three uh, people that shouldn't be running a lighthouse, running a lighthouse, essentially. Um, we usually run those games on a Wednesday night. Uh, this week, unfortunately, well, no, not unfortunately, fortunately, um, we are joining the um, the uh, strike effort, um, the... the uh, the the uh, the effort that is going on on the first of September, so we will not be streaming. However, we're hoping to be streaming at some point during that week, anyway. So fingers crossed, you'll see us. Uh, if not, you may just see us for the uh, for the Dragon Age uh, stream that Michelle and Lydia do on a Thursday, which I personally am loving watching. Um, I know that yeah, I know that some of the RPG uh, rep RPG people are uh, coming to see that as well. I'm going to stop talking now, but uh, come and check us out Talk on Wiki Game Time. We love you. I wanted to <laughs> jump in really fast to mention, uh, as many of you know, uh, if you've been following, there's a lot of stuff going on with uh, Twitch that many many creators have been speaking out against. Please keep in mind, a lot of creators have other platforms you can support them on directly without going through Twitch. If they have a Patreon, if they have a coffee, if they have a buy me a coffee or a or a um, commissions of any kind, or just a, a way to tip them through PayPal instead of anything else that you are concerned about if you are trying to support them despite that effort, um, please be sure to ask your favorite creator how they want to be supported. Um, because we want all of our all of our fellow creators to have that that income and that, and that um, place on the internet that is safe for them to make money and enjoy themselves and create and have be passionate about what they do. So ask your favorite creator, hey, what, where do you have, where may I go to help you? Like, what do you, what do you need from, from me? And I, I promise they will be grateful to, to know that. So that's all. All right. And I believe that is it. Uh, Eric, I know you've been busy being a, a journeyman and uh, graduating to to uh, true um, non-apprentice status. Congratulations to you for that. Thank uh, you. Are, is there any news about Geekapella or or about Sydney's channel or anything you would like to share since so, uh, it's been a minute since we've seen you? It has been a minute. So Geekapella, um, nothing at this exact moment. Uh, but if you want to start supporting another fine creator, um, uh, go ahead and search for Notorious Potato. That is my beautiful fiance and her Twitch channel where she does music streams, video games, and all that fun jazz. So uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, Notorious Potato uh, on Twitch as well as her YouTube channel, uh, which is um, her Ready Go Music, where she uh, makes music content for music teachers. Okay. Thank you guys so, so much for being here. And thank you for all the, uh, the wonderful content and sharing and everything. So let's dive in to tonight's adventure, shall we? All right. Our adventure takes place in the lands of Lickdrocht. They are lands of myth, of legend, and more and more, these are lands of fate and destiny. Our heroes are uh, the archivist. Yes. Uh, and they have come to this town of Cairdian, a ancient uh, city uh, founded on, on magical practice and discovery. It is uh, 
primarily a series of colleges, sort of an Ivy League of, of old magical practices. And moreover, it is a city that has some form of magical defense against the form of true dragons. Seven bells ring out at the dawning of every morning, and the echo of their creative sound prevents the form of a true dragon within the walls of the city. This is a valuable secret in specific to the archivists at this moment because they are currently uh, attempting to protect some newer allies, a, a revived Dwarven King known as the Black King. And in doing so, they have run afoul of some dragons of the Draconopolis not so far away. So here they are seeking uh, ancient knowledge and information, having had a few very interesting adventures, some with mind flayers, some with uh, the twisting and bending of, of fate. And so they decided uh, what better way to get ancient secret knowledge than to uh, ingratiate themselves in a heist, right? That's yeah. always super, super easy. Yeah. And nothing barely ever goes wrong with barely an inconvenience. <laughs> nothing ever goes wrong with the heist ever. So our friends are working with Tom Tui, uh, a halfling, I would say underground uh, <laughs> speakeasy runner, or not really speakeasy. It's not the alcohol that's illegal. It's everything else that they do there. So, uh, <laughs> so. Uh, they have heard of Radovan, a criminal mastermind that is plotting a heist of the library, a not actual schoolberry, a private social club that is just outside of the campus. And to do this, they've they know of three other heist members that they must remove from the equation and hopefully... Uh, use their newfound reputations that they've cultivated over the past week or so to get themselves hired on to the job. Last week, we saw them fight some Otiugs. I think they did 228 points of damage in um, a round and a half. Like badasses. So, yeah. Yep. There you go. So there is that. How uh, many nat 20s was that? That wasn't. It wasn't. It was Not just. Not a single one. Huh? It was it was uh, mostly Matthew action surging and just all of his arcane dice. He's like, ah, that and sharpshooter. So I'm just going to sharpshooter all day, every day. Because you have to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you to so, our Shadowrun contingent in the chat. Yeah, it's just a milk run. Yes, <laughs> just a milk run. It's just a milk run. One last job before retirement. Right? <laughs> so. Here's what we're, we're we're actually we've been we've been playing around. We love D and D. Um, There's a little peel back of the curtain, real quick. We love D and D. Love all of its uh, tropes and practices and all of these these fun fun sort of things. However, uh, heisting not exactly D and D's. Uh, it's not built for it, right? Um, we can we could do the whole thing in a linear timeline fashion, but last week we spent an entire session 
poisoning a, a demi giant, basically. And time right? well and, spent, honestly, I feel. And, and, <laughs> and it was, and it was time well spent. But at this rate, it would be January before we we wrap up our time in Cardian. Okay. Like, <laughs> I like it here in Iceland. You know that. Low-stakes I know you do. I know you do. Uh, but if you guys have also watched the show for, for a length of time, you know uh, that I have best players in the world specifically oh. because on any given night, they'll come to the table and be like, great, great, we're going to play D&D, but we're going to do something weird with the structure. We're not doing criticals anymore. We're rolling this or we're not doing that we're doing this we haven't so played what I, pure unfiltered D for like a year and a half here and that's I'm not fine. true well the card the card system for initiative is basically oh, for longer than that so that's well, we've been part dead deadlands fine. for three years <laughs> and i love it i that's not a complaint that's a positive <laughs> so welcome to the uh experimental uh station D &D. <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> Yeah, we're the, we're the black box theater of of D and D streams. Oh, I'm so happy right now that that's the example we went with. <laughs> How are we doing, Shakespeare? What are we doing to Midsummer? Tell me, tell me, tell me. <laughs> I've I've found my people. What can I say? There you go. <laughs> Tom, we're not, exactly. never ever letting you leave. <laughs> uh, so what we're going to actually do? When last we left, you guys had about I think four or five days left to to deal with. Um, now I need somebody that was here last week and the week before. Tom, I, I'm guessing that's you. I think you're stuck. <laughs> I need the names of um, I know Redovan, I know Emery. There's two more people you're trying to dispose of. Those I'm two names. I'm so glad. So I glad I went to grab my notes. Uh, so Me it's too. Elude, who is the face. Um, okay. And uh, we're looking for um, I think it's Rolbs Alar or Ralbs Alar. Rob's Alar. Um, yep. Is the spellcaster? That's what that sounds yep. like. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Any name I make up, if you just say with confidence and maybe a little flair, it will accept it. So, that's all I do. Uh, great. So, Rob Zalar, our wizard, and Blade, Blaub, Bulb. Oh, sorry. Hi, Elude. Uh, Elude. Yes. Great. Elude. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Blade, Bob, Blub, Allude. <laughs> no, I know that one. Phenom phenomenoid. I know that one. <laughs> so. I will derail this entire stream to fight you about that. <laughs> and you'll that was, lose. That was basically a little bit of, that was a little Stalling. bit of Porky Pig trying to figure something out there. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you accidentally in summon an elder, invent and summon an elder god all in the same breath. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. Now Tom's oh, doing great. Oh my god. Really appreciate him. So here we go. You guys have spent the past three days making, putting to bed these two. Um, heist obstacles. Obstacle. You've also created a scenario in which you have come to Emery's rescue. He is the drow point of contact for Radovan. 
as you guys come back, you're about two days from the actual heist. About a day and a half, right? So time is running short for you to meet Ritavin. You follow the hidden arcane sigils throughout the town of Cardian. You twist through the alleys and down the streets. You make your way into an underground sort of basement area where a door that has never been here before and yet somehow is tremendously familiar has a slide that swings open. By this point, you know the rotating phrase. You guys are practically regulars here in the underground. You make your way in to the establishment and as you do, you see the middle-aged, or at least young at heart, halfling woman who is behind the bar with her extremely well-animated uh, flesh golem, pouring drinks and prepping um, service to a wide variety of tables. The activity here is, it's not slow, by any means, but it's not busy this afternoon. You've come a little earlier in the day, and other than uh, <laughs> oh, Rothlaw, the gnome who is almost here uh, perpetually, and whose number of teeth sort of varies, you're realizing. he's so, You're not sure if he grows them or regenerates them or, or his, his dentures, he just like sticks them in. But he's, you know, he's here. And he's a little bit of a welcome sight. Past few days have been busy for you guys. Putting all of these particular um, dangers to bed. As you make your way in, you take up a, a corner seat, a corner of the bar, the five of you, uh, on the far side, and uh, Tatui will walk over and, and sort of, she takes Rufflaw's, uh drink and kind of does the bartender slide, like down the bar, and he almost puppy-like sort of, and Cheyenne, like, slides down after it, opening up the seat for you guys. As you sit down, she is going to look you over. All right, then. Uh, you all look a little... She kind of gives each of you a, a, a quick up and down. Um, what I would like you guys to do is... In this moment, you you glance around the team. And I'd like each of you to we're gonna you're gonna pick one other member on the team. And there's something about their appearance that is out of the ordinary. They are disheveled, they are uh, bruised, covered in mud. Maybe they look nicer. I don't know. Maybe they got fancy clothes on or or something like that. But you are very clearly not in your um, this is the anime episode where the artist got to draw you in something other than the school uniform, right? So I know, I know. 
So uh, I would like each of you to take this opportunity and uh, your character looks at somebody else and realizes kind of what what Tui's looking at. And I'd like you to describe that to us. So who would like to go first? Actually, it doesn't matter. I'd like you all to roll a percentile. And whoever rolls the lowest, uh, sucks to suck, you get to go first. Amazing. It's the best hazing ritual ever. Oh, I think it's just going to be me. Oh, no, what did you do? <laughs> all right, Ciroc, what'd you, what'd you get? I rolled a 13. I got a 16, and I was so worried it was going to be me, but that that beats it. So I hate I hate to um, piss on your bonfire, but I got an eight. Oh my God. <laughs> are, wait, now, now, Tom, are you sure that you weren't rolling for divine intervention? Because I think you might have been rolling for divine intervention just then. Yeah, yeah. I sorry, I was rolling for the, the divine intervention. Uh, I would like no. Um, I was gonna. I was. I was just gonna uh, spoil a massive part of my <laughs> that story, and I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> um, oh man. Well, Narvi, uh, it sounds like you are uh, Tom at the very least. Narvi doesn't necessarily have to note it in character. Uh, but you are up first. So, as as your dead fish eyes glance about the uh, the party, who do they settle on? I think they settle on um, Clever Stitch, and uh, purely uh, because I, I'm, I'm going to need theory. you to pick somebody purely, purely, who's here. Purely because the fact that they've 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 turned into a bird. Ah, there it is. Okay, so. Uh, what what I what I'd like to do also for Tom's benefit because he he hasn't played with everybody and doesn't know what we all look like. Yeah. I'd like so we'll we'll do this for everybody. When you're picked, why don't you tell us what you normally look like, and then we can kind of highlight what is what is different. Okay, so Sirak. Yes. Okay. So Sirak normally. Uh, you would see uh, an Aarakocra. Uh, you would normally see Aarakocra as tall, but this one is fairly squat, maybe uh, five foot, a uh, little bit taller. And um, he has a yellow head, uh, yellow feathers on his head and on his neck that drape down um, from his neck down into gray feathering, which goes all across his wings on either side. Um, but being the uh, cocktail generation that he kind of is, he also has the little feathers that come up on top into a little kind of faux hawk. Usually only happen when he's excited or um, if he is uh, scared. Um, and uh, he'll come down and he's uh, wearing a tunic and, uh, and some baggy pants that uh, uh, protruding out the bottom, you see um, bird feet, uh, claws, talons coming out the bottom um, and just a normal traveler's cloak on top of that. Okay. Can I firstly just say amazing? Um, secondly, I think um, I've, I've, I've probably met Sort of like a couple of times during like downtime, um, like within the inn or uh, without. Um, I think uh, currently um, the the sort of feathers on specifically on your arms are looking um, slightly less uh, 
creamed than usual, slightly more kind of ruffled, not not quite as um, glossy as uh, usual. Um, and I think I think that's what that's what Navi Navi sort of spots. Um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take that a step further. It, even if your arms would have normally been been covered, at the very least, there's a distinct bald patch of of feathers, Sirak, that um, that you you might be a little self conscious about. But yeah, it's it's part of your. It's just you've molted or whatever the bird phrase for that is. Molting, I think, is correct. It is molten. Uh, so, uh, Sorak, you you sort of see the dead fish eyes of Narvi, and you look and you realize what he's looking at, and you you kind of glance back around to the group. Um, who who do you who does your gaze fall upon? Well, first things first, as I notice that he's staring at the obviously uh, bald patch of feathers, I'm going to uh, position my traveler's cloak just a little bit over the arm just to kind of hide it, you know, self-conscious bird. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to look at um, Fable. Hi, hello. Um, So Fable Frost, uh, usually, um, and into her mind now um she is a uh tiny small little ice genasi um her skin is very pale uh very translucently white almost to the point of being blue in the highlight and shade in places as opposed to um not one of those in the right lighting she doesn't look quite human but in you know normal lighting you'd think oh she's just very pale uh but the the right shadow or light it's oh that's blue there's very heavy blue undertones is she dying hypothermia um small pointed elf ears um uh, like a half elf but not 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 very prominent um she has short short cut uh of white crystalline hair like like someone has taken snow and done this and she's dressed in a skin tight fitting uh uh sort of circus costume uh performer's costume with that's just bedecked in glitter and sparkles and snow and um she is a cullen yes that's that's it she's just a vampire that's the secret um and she's she's bubbly and excited and and uh and often very bouncy with her step she if you've studied them laban uh movement shapes she is a flit just all the time uh that is where she lives is in flit people my people <laughs> yep hello um both in, both in voice and in action and movement she's a flit uh and just going from place to place excited to make friends and um so she's usually fairly um a, a lot on the ice um oh and you'll notice uh in the hands and everything and if you've seen her fight you'll know why it's the when she does fire magic uh though the fire is blue um, it still melts the ice that she is made of a little bit and then it refrosts over itself again. So her hands and her arms, where she does a lot of magic, are run through with like scars essentially of um, ice. It's darker blue. It's They've melted and frozen over again and melted and frozen over again. And uh, the thing that um, Sirak will note is different is that the uh, those deep scarrings near the hands... <clears throat> while usually slightly luminescent and it might have something to do with the latent magic of the area or the just the I mean not latent the intense magic of the area uh, but it seems like 
the flames underneath are almost producing even more light and it's uh, almost harder to, uh, it seems like it's almost harder to uh, control or cover that light with ice. You're not wrong. <laughs> so, Fable, you your hands are um, beyond just emanating magic. Mm -hmm. It's it's nigh on a, a light spell on them. Like, they're glowing. Mm -hmm. And for all of your circus performing costuming, um, it's not great at hiding what is, uh, what is, you know, veins of, of, uh, of blue light being cast out from them. Also, sweet poison, the babe, babe, that ain't help you use ice magic. She's a phoenix soul sorcerer and didn't come with the program. It's not in the build. I didn't think of this when I built her. Um, but we're here now, and so she's committed. It's fine. The beacons have been lit. They're right here, and they're jazz hands. Um, but is she looking and finding? Yes? Yes. Yeah. Um, she is going to, um, why did you make your ice person fire? We'll talk about it later when we unlock her trauma level. No one has done that yet. Um, it's not there. There's a lot. It's fun. Um, so, uh, she is going to, um... She cannot stop looking at Talroth, to be quite honest, because, um, some weird thing. Whereas she wasn't there, and therefore she doesn't know that he died. She's, while they've been camping, heard a couple of the people who were there mumbling in their sleep. And she's as though they were concerned for him. So she's watching him very closely, trying to figure out if she missed something, or if, if she's just tired or hasn't been well, on, you know. Fable. Yep. Um, Talroth never died. Exactly. That's my point. Caitlin is saying she doesn't know. He doesn't know. She doesn't know. I, Stop it. <laughs> I, I, I am clarifying. I know. The character of Fable. I know. Would not. There, there is no possibility. I know that. That's what I was saying. I okay. was saying she's watching him despite the fact that she has no idea any of this happened. She just feels like a couple of them have had extra concern for him lately. That was it. Okay. That's what I was trying uh, to say. Uh, okay. It's, yeah. it, it, it's, it's confusing, but yeah. that's... No, I was trying to uh, clarify. I, do, I know that she doesn't know. I'm not trying to meta. Great. Just, just watching closely and being like, Sir, I think you're really nice to him lately. Weird. Then I need you to pick something more physically distinct. I hadn't gotten to that yet. I was just explaining why I was watching him. I was trying to roleplay that of why I was watching I him so closely. Okay. I need him go to ahead. describe himself first. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, Talroth, uh, normally standing at about like good five, 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 six, decent for a wood elf with a long kind of chestnut auburn colored hair, normally keeps it in a kind of like a looser French braid, only now there's a bit of a white streak that's kind of being braided through it, along with a few threads of actual gold that are being tied into it. And even his appearance seems to be a little more kept up, So, especially with the glamour and armor, just trying to match a little better with how people in the city are dressed. 
And even right now, his hood would be down since they're in Pleasant Company. All right. So what is uh, distinct about that, Fable? Um, She's looking at his... um. Look at his hair and um, just noticing that there's. Did he fall asleep in glitter? My hair is supposed to do that. Did he. It is. Did something happen to. Did. Did treasure. Huh. What? And it's just a little like. Is it just clean? Like, is it. Is that what it is? Did he just wash it a lot? Because it's him got big herbal essence commercial vibes. Like. Not comfortable. Yes, thank you. It's that. It's that. It's catching the light. It's distracting. It's a lot. Everyone else is looking a little more disheveled and weird. And he looks weirdly like he has put more care into maintaining his hair in the last 24 hours than he had the entire time they've been traveling together combined. Just like it could bounce. Don't touch it. Okay. Uh, Tauroth. Well, yeah, I, I probably would be filling with my hair a little bit, just not like trying to take the braid apart, but you know, just kind of running my hand over like the gold, uh, like the gold pieces of rope that are in there now, just kind of braided in with it. And yeah, definitely kind of side eye and treasure a little bit, especially, well, I'll wait till the description is done. So Treasure is normally a six foot, 300 pound golden beefling, like literally sparkle from head to toe, this wild um, bedhead raging hair. She's usually got a big old smile. And the best way to really describe her was her very first introduction when she walked in, slammed a bar door open and said, sup, chuckle fucks. She walks around in a scale male bikini top, typically with just leather leggings, the scale male kind of like protection on the sides, but nothing like super heavy. It's one of those, like, it's not really armor. Let's be completely honest. I don't care what the video game says. Uh (laughs) And she doesn't have any boots of any kind because she typically has hooves. She's also very loud and proud about just how she is normally. And especially given some recent events that have transpired involving both Treasure, Talroth, and a few others, he yeah, he's definitely noticed the new scar that's over one of her horns, but that's not what's gotten his attention right now. Especially since Bloodburner came into the picture. Yeah, it seems that some of that shine and fire in her eyes and hair seems to be a little more real. It's a little concerning. A little warm, too. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say that, um, Treasure, the... Something over the past few days has caused you the roots of your normally gold hair, and the the you have essentially a uh, black roots and ombre under dye of your of your normal golden blonde uh, going on at the moment. 
That's a look. Just the black tooth. I kind of like that. I just finished the picture. Listen, it could be worse. We could lose an entire cast in the wandering city and have to recast all of them and draw brand new. Please don't. It Please don't. It looks to me like it hasn't happened on this channel before. Uh, it has. That's their fault. I, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying. So, Treasure, there's, I believe, just one key missing in this uh, ring of weirdos. <laughs> so, you're well, checking out Narvi. Yeah, Treasure's eyeing Narvi, just kind of thinking about it a second, but I'll let Narvi, of course, discuss his brilliant normal look. <laughs> brilliant normal look, yeah. Um, as uh, Treasure's eyes sort of glance over at Narvi, um, uh, she sees the... Um, not not sitting, uh, but standing, uh, or should I say, looming uh, over um, the the others in the party is um, a very tall, um, or what would be very tall if he wasn't quite as stooped as he is, um, half elf, um, incredibly pale skin, um, almost pallid um, looking skin with, um, if you look closely, almost very very faint dark lines of veins kind of um in his uh in in the sort of uh, hairless scalp um uh, eyes that are constantly watching but um what they're seeing you're not entirely sure as they don't really portray any kind of emotion um the the the, the clothing that he wears on his kind of um, almost feral predator um poised body um are very drab um uh, very worn leathers um, and any uh, what would be any exposed skin um, on his body um, is kind of covered um, with um, uh, bandage um, the only the only real uh, um, intrigue uh, on his person is a small leather cord with um, two uh two coins and a locket on it um uh, i'm going with the laban technique still um if 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 he were laban he would fully be kind of um uh what is it is it twist no it's not it's um ring yeah thank you very much it's it's that real sort of um you know cross between uh sort of um, panther and hyena kind of hackles raised predator like being with very kind of um, uh, solid dead hands at his sides uh, hanging constantly very much like a razor head from My Hero Academia if anyone's watched that yeah, uh, kind yeah. of just very <laughs> uh, so that's him points for the reference so as Tui looks over you all she sees the balding bird, the glowing Genasi, the wood elf whose hair is, no matter what he does, it actually seems to be actively braiding itself. <laughs> I'm so glad I picked that. The um, tiefling whose uh, roots are undulating in 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 blackness sort of growing and shortening and ever so slowly growing just a little a little more now what's different about narvi i realized i i jumped in there 
Okay. Um, Treasure looks at Narvi and she thinks that he took that looking like a million gold a little more than she thought he did. Uh, he's, his coat just seems more spruced up, maybe. Is that a new coat? Uh, he he's got him? buttons now. He went and got buttons. <laughs> so he, he just started to look more presentable okay i know that going into the library we had to look and smell like a million gold he's really trying you know points for effort (laughs) it is it is in fact uh a new coat it is a um a sheen golden fur coat um that narvi is is wearing Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Buttons absolutely. Are treasure's definition of presentable? Did you hear her describe her tits? There are no buttons on Earth that could contain her. She doesn't wear them. Buttons are only for people whose bodies can be held together with buttons. That is not a kind of behavior. She. They're fancy. Look at the context. They're fancy. <laughs> I'm not wrong. <laughs> so. Tui looks over the group. Ah. Right. So, how did it go? Great. Good. Oh, good. Did you, um, uh, I heard you made contact with Emery. Right. Yes. And... You have. Yep. <laughs> um, Were you expecting this kind of reaction? Well, I, I'll, I'll tell you. I've heard. I've been hearing. I've been hearing a lot of stories uh, coming through, um, through the tavern about what you all did to uh, elude, and I have to be honest. I, I didn't. When you all came in, I knew you were, how shall I say, um, creative. But I really didn't expect you to take things quite that far. I, maybe the stories are exaggerated, but do, do you mind sort of um, recounting it for me? Well, of course, with any real story. You got to remember, hmm, for legal reasons, they're all just stories, aren't they? Just rumors. Nothing serious. Uh, she kind of smiles at, at, at the idea. And she's, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then she goes, but really, what happened? <laughs> it's all hypothetical, so, yes. So here's the deal. We're going to, you guys are going to recount to Tui these three interactions. Um, You can be as vague or as detailed as you all want to be. Here are the rules. You have to explain why Tauroth's hair is braiding itself, why Treasure's hair is slowly turning black, how Narvi got uh, his fur coat, why uh, um, Fable's hands are are glowing from the inside 
out and why Serac is going bald, starting on his arm. The Here's what is at stake. It can go as perfectly or as oddly as you want it to. It ends in success. We know that. Okay. Um, the more entertaining you make it, the more creative you are. Every time I or the chat agree that this plays into both heist genre, uh, your particular brand of D&D chaos, and um, sets something interesting up for the actual heist, hmm. you will earn a, uh, a callback token. And, and so when we do the heist starting next week, you will have the ability to, to do the, uh, but wait, you think we're caught, but really, we set this up last, we planned <laughs> this the whole time, right? I'm so happy. Uh, so, so that is, that is what is at stake. Uh, the worse things go now, the, the more entertaining that is, the more opportunities you have to earn those, uh, also, if you do create a legitimate problem for yourselves during the actual heist, that will, without vote or opinion, if I think it is a problem. So I guess there is an opinion. But if there if there's a real problem there, you you get you get the token. If it's real big, you may get two, right? Um, and this is sort of the form of of our adventure this evening. Okay. Uh, so as as Tui goes. I think this is going to be a, a long one. Hold on a second. And she, she, she goes to get, you see her go to get like a high, high stool for her, her little halfling legs. She's pouring herself a drink and getting herself like peanuts and pretzels, maybe a little popcorn, right? She's, she's preparing to settle it. You guys have this brief, brief moment when um, it's like you're about to tell a parent what happened over the weekend and so you're this is your moment to go wait who's starting what's going on and uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna put you in four minutes i hate when you do real timers (laughs) i'll I'll do a real timer i'll give you seven all right seven minutes she's gonna come back and expect the story to begin uh you guys can interrupt each other take over the story but we do want to be respectful of people as they are actually speaking Good. right um so six minutes on the clock go for it amazing so um are we telling her everything by the way because oh we could probably tell her all the fun little juicy bits that would be somewhat important mm-hmm. yeah, maybe we- maybe yeah, but I don't know about the embarrassing stuff. I mean, magic backfiring on us is, uh, that, that doesn't set a good example. Yeah, but again, your idea of what's important and our idea of what's important ain't never actually, actually like, lined up, have they? <laughs> well, it depends on the situation, really. I mean, alcohol's important, but yeah, it, it wasn't as important to try to take the keg this time around. Yeah, yeah but... Uh, hmm. 
You know what? It's well, okay. Fable, you're the best storyteller. I think you should start. Good God. Uh, we should probably... Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't disagree in character, but out of character, Caitlin's going, shit! <laughs> I just came back into this! <laughs> oh! <laughs> Which of course, one? that was just an in-character suggestion. No, and that's, uh, that's agreed. Although Treasure does kind of scoop up Ciroc and pets him, and she's like, I think we might want to leave out the part about Ciroc's arm, though. That was embarrassing. Well, it's going to come up because it was my fault. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, I... And she just looks at her hand, and she... I, I know, I know. It wasn't you. Don't worry. It's all okay. Don't turn the uh, voice for the first time. <laughs> but, I, but I think... I think really need i think we really need to get um get a hold of of uh like wh- where are we starting are we just going chronologically or are we going person by person on how we did this well since um huh, since we're the one loose end from the first one to tie up during the second one i feel like chronologically is gonna be a lot easier to deal with so we don't have to explain how he ended up there probably best yeah chronologically seems like a good way uh yep i thought so Time is a good way of uh, tracking things, yes. Narvi, you look fabulous, by the way. <laughs> oh, <oy. laughs> okay, so uh, just, okay, remind me who we're, who we're dealing with. Just double check the three. It's the... Like, what they the do. Face? The face? Allude? Their face. Oh. Allude. Yep, Allude the face. Uh, Rob Zalar, uh, the spellcaster, and then Emery, who we were sent to um, help... Um, uh, you know, mock help kind of thing. You know, we, we were helping out out of a situation that we had caused, yep. uh, essentially. Yeah, that's that. Just double checking. I didn't want to tell the wrong story. I've put a call to please put that in cast chat so I don't lose track. Um, because that's a lot of words. <sighs> um, <laughs> thank you. Fine. Okay. Well then, I mean, if we're going chronologically. It's a bit of a tricky question, isn't it, given the clock room in the spellcaster's house? Uh, he should go first. We should go first with him. Okay. Okay. Okay, let's let's start there. Okay. <sighs> you got this. The Black Box Theater of D&D! This is punishment <laughs> for the audio thing earlier. This is, I'm in trouble. <laughs> was it my fault? It was so small. You got this, Fable. I believe in you. Oh, please. Okay. <laughs> So, say our so we're starting with we have no bard anymore. So we're starting with Rob Zalaw, the spellcaster, yep. and how we got him out of the heist. Yeah. And on to elude the face and how we got him out of the heist. Mm-hmm. And then Emery and how we helped him yep. of the problem we solved. Now I clearly know what problem we started that we needed to help him with, yep. but maybe someone else isn't as clear on what the issue was that we created for Emery. Well, Sirak, it started with our Mordecainen's helpful pigeon, remember? God, the pigeon. <laughs> the pigeon? This is the pigeon? <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Better the pigeon than you, because when we start bird chasing, we need to make sure that we have the bird. It's not you. <sighs> I'm sorry, this all comes back to Mordenkainen's faithful pigeon. That's what's happening right now. God, I love this. The, the place you're trying to rob is the place you started the helpful pigeon rumor. Yep. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Amazing. Of course. She's gathering her popcorn. She's got it on the chair. It's apparently a big, heavy chair, so she's doing the little halfling push. 60 seconds left. Tauron's going to reach into his pack for a second, pull out a couple crumpled up scrolls, and just kind of drop them in front of Sirach. Oh, you mean uh, those scrolls of... And uh, we need to talk about your spelling because it's Mordenkainen, not Mord and Kainen. <laughs> because, yeah, that was kind of an obvious forgery. It's like, do you know how embarrassing that was, talking to that spellcaster with fake scrolls? Listen, if I'd had I, more time, I would have... Mm. I mean, the scrolls were fake regardless of the spelling. <laughs> you're also telling me that it's not a duo wizard group of Mord and Kynan? Death and vampires? Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? I would watch that. I would read that. I would watch that play. I would I would listen to that ballad, that opera. I would read that that book. I'm not into what zombie book? stories. What book would you read? She oh. pops up. Yeah, Alright. I've got my peanuts. I've got sorry, she's whenever uh Fable talks, she becomes northern, I'm gonna say. I don't know if it's Irish or Scottish, but they're from sorry. the north. I'm so sorry. Lots of planets have a north. Um, planets have a north. <laughs> so, tokens you can earn according to everything I just heard. If we explain backfiring magic, a stolen keg, uh, and how the person ended up where, don't know. Tauroth's hair, treasures, hair, fables, hands, Narvi's coat, Sirach's, uh balding. There needs to be a clock room involved. Uh, Rob Zalar, where he ended, what, uh, how you got rid of them. Elude, how you got rid of them. Uh, what you did to Emery and how you got him out of Emery. So that's two, potentially. Explanation of the helpful pigeon. Something with fake scrolls. And the tale of Mord and Kynan. I would like... Would you take a photo of those notes and put it in our cast chat, please, so we can start checking some stuff off? Uh, sure. Sure. I will I will do that because this has just become... Oh, no. My favorite, like, microcosm of what DMing people that want to talk about their backstory is. This is... This is my favorite Never moment mind. that I think I've. I'm I'm playing. Oh, I'm not. Okay. This is this is teasing, but this is very funny for me. I love this so so much. I am enjoying it. So, Tui <laughs> gets up in her chair, plops down, and uh, gets her popcorn out. All right, so. Um, I was pretty crazy what I've been, pretty crazy what I've been hearing about, um, I'll go ahead and help you guys out, about Rob Zalar. What, um, what really, what really happened to him? Uh, the heist music, the, the Ocean's Eleven music starts playing, and camera well. cut, <laughs> zooms, uh, Fable, everyone looks at Fable as the caster who's taking over, yes, Sirach. Do we? I'm just going to say you might not want to sit so far back in your chair because by the end of this, you're only going to need the edge. 
Oh, good. Thank you for the extra level of pressure. I really appreciate it immensely. Um, I, 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 I love you for it. Um, so she, uh, let's see how many of these I can check off the list in one story. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Challenge ex new game. Who can get the most? <laughs> I'm going first. I have an edge. Um, so, uh, so what you have to understand is, uh, speaking of backstories, um, did you know I grew up in the circus? Uh, big, big, uh, big propensity for colorful entrances and exits. And, and whereas with the muscle, we, we tried a more subtle approach. In the end, we realized, uh, me and Grace, that a large distraction was sometimes more important than we thought it was going to be. Uh, to that end, um, people with names like Rob Zalar, that's not his real name. His name is Robert. By the way, he changed it. It sounds better and stagier and fancier to call himself Rob Zalar. His name is Robert Anson. Did you know that? Just a better stage name. Anyway, so I took that to mind and to heart of someone of the name Flashy like that. Someone who has those kinds of gambling debts and likes to show off and feel like a big shot. Might be interested in having, for instance, a young magical hopeful become his protege. So I did go and introduce myself and, um offered up my services, uh, or, or my, uh, interest, stoked his ego a bit, tried to act like I wanted to be his, um, his protege, his, his finest student, uh, carry on the Rob Zalar magical name forever, and also, uh, peppering in the idea that my parents are really wealthy, and once he was done with my training, they'd pay a, well, enough of amount to wet his whistle and sort of get those gambling debt monkeys off his back. You get, you get where I'm going with this. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds brilliant. I'm, I, uh, I, I always suspected Rob Zalar was a was a fake name. Mm. Robert Anson. Don't call him that unless you really want to piss him off. But it's uh, from what I gathered from well, or from rather what Sirach and Telleroth gathered while they were rifling through his desk there. Um, it's one of the names he used in previous towns, and and uh, he's still running from some of that debt. So. Maybe we don't spread it around unless we really need to keep him out of the loop. If he ever gets out of the loop. You get that later. Anyway, um, but, uh, <laughs> creative, you mentioned. Mm. In any case, um, he was all too eager. A little creepily eager, actually. I think it'd been a long time since a pretty little thing like me paid that much attention to him. Oh. Yeah, you'd see the type of women he'd have accompanying him to the to the tables and uh, trying to, you know, buy dates around town and impress the women and impress the men and impress everyone. And uh, I pretended to be very easily impressed. Uh, but see, that's sort of where things went south on my end. Oh yeah? Uh, well, um, the idea was I would uh, take lessons from him and uh, uh -huh. give us a chance to make noise and and because unless he's at the casino, he's not really he's at home these days, and uh, right. that's where all of his things are. And you don't break into a magician's house without him home because I mean, well, you break in with him home and he's not distracted. He's going to blow your head off. You break in without him, he's probably warded his house, and none of us had the time to figure out what kind of counter spells we'd need to use to get in. Uh, so we uh, went the other way, and um, while I was there. Practicing loud spells on purpose. Uh, the others were kind of investigating the house. Took a couple of days coming back and forth. Um, and uh, uh, a couple of days. So then you did both. Nope. Allure. Took, took a couple of hours. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I forgot that we are on a timeline for that. Yep. Um, just a couple hours of of uh, you know 
let him teach me things uh, before we, oh. we let them break in. Um, Whose idea was it to leave you alone with a dangerous spellcaster who wanted to teach you things? Mine, actually. Oh, it's yours. Okay. Very brave of you. Uh, well, that remains... We all tried to talk her out of it. We thought it might be too dangerous, but she's very... Really? What'd you, what did you say when you were talking her out of it? Well, I mean, clearly, when she said originally, when she went, I've got to go and I've got to take care of this. I've got to distract him with my spells and my magic. And we all... Done, Is that I, what they're called? Spells and magic? Spells and magic. Both of them simultaneously confusing him. So Rock quite... misses the double entendre, but we're going to keep going. <laughs> Fable <laughs> rolls her eyes so hard. We thought, I mean, I thought it was far too dangerous, and I said, Fable, you cannot go alone. And as I it told is... you again, growing up in the circus, you think I haven't had my sh fair share of keeping handsy performers and patrons off me. Uh, plenty of times, trust me. I'm very good at it. Wait, that's what that meant? Oh my god. Oh, no. He wasn't even dancing. I, he doesn't know. In any case, um, so, you precious, precious bean. Uh, I love Sarah. So you were casting loud spells to distract I him. I was, um. Like what? Well, um, I let him cast some interesting things. Um, I let him cast some, uh. Oh, they were, I mean, it was really a lot of thaumaturgy, honestly. I'm just trying to A sound, lot of thaumaturgy. I didn't realize he was a religious man. He has scrolls for that. Oh. You can cast it mm. if you know it, if you've got it written down. I'm with a scroll, yeah, I, I suppose so. Exactly. Thaumaturgy tends to be the domain of clerics, but sure. And tieflings, but I think you can actually learn it. Let's start, like, lore bards actually can learn anything. I mean, yeah, but if you want to, if you want to... He could have a level in Bard, we don't fucking know. Like, I don't have his stat sheet, I don't know what he is. I, I, I know, okay. I'm teasing you, okay. you're okay. okay. There, there, there I'm trying is, to... There is no wrong answer here, but I'm allowed, I'm allowed to complicate yeah. Okay, this. but you're saying it in that DM way that makes me feel like there is a wrong answer, and like I'm saying it. <laughs> <sighs> I tried to sneak in, but the thunderclap of my ash... <laughs> <laughs> Listen. That's a good spell. Thunderclap. There you go. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, he didn't seem to mind us breaking things. It was a uh, like he was renting the place, and so it didn't really. They weren't his stuff. <laughs> so you're casting spells. What are the rest of you doing? Well, um, not exactly the most subtle thing that's ever walked this side of Caradine. It's the loud spells. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. There was the thunderclap and thaumaturgy and all sorts it was must have been a, a, a godly drum circle if anything and thankfully tieflings know a little bit of uh, thaumaturgy themselves so any noise that we made I just made it seem like it was just more of that <sighs> to help get us in the back way impressive the back way was it guarded yeah. or trapped of any way well, that's a Talroth question, all things considered, because honestly, I'm not very good at finding those. Talroth, was it? Talroth is good at finding it? back entrances. <laughs> and the traps involved with them. And the guards involved with them. Well, well, if you can call those things traps, I mean... <laughs> In this day and age, really, it's, it's a tough... <laughs> uh... 
the guards, the guards that you had weren't so much the, the trouble. I mean, you throw them a bottle of whiskey down the alley. That that was easy. But a little door, bit of passing bottle, out of trays. The bottle didn't break. You threw the bottle of whiskey down the alley and it didn't break. I'm not going to throw a real bottle of whiskey. I mean, it's like. So you threw a fake bottle of whiskey and they chased after it when it broke. Well, you see about that. Uh, <laughs> so I, I know a little bit of a very little mind, a bit of magic with wind. So uh-huh, uh-huh. it just seemed like the bottle just got caught by something, sailed off further and mm. hey, landed in a nice pile far enough away where they got distracted. Right. But that damn door, that door, I swear to whatever gods you believe in, if I find the locksmith who made that door, I am going to nut check him repeatedly. What what was so difficult about the door? Do you know how many do you know how many fake latches he put in there? How many? And the riddle. Don't forget about the riddle. Sirak, what was the riddle? Do you (laughs) tell me what the riddle was? Well, I I wish I I wish I could have, but unfortunately, I didn't understand the riddle because it was in Infernal, and so it was uh, Treasure who actually had to uh, tell us about the riddle. And I've been telling you, Sirak, I know how to speak backwards and infer- backwards Celestial. Now I was able to read it, but no, don't trust me. Well, there was, there was no riddle. I was just messing with them. It basically said, "Come on in." <laughs> Oh, we spent three hours there. <laughs> you could have been in there for... Oh, I ride through... I could have gotten away without this. Without your fucking sense of humor. Really? I'm sorry. The whole well, time, was, the whole time. Well, it was pretty funny. I got to admit. Oh, great. Yeah, when my great... When my great inner demon comes out and eats all of us for how long I've been fucking taken and decides to take over the rest of it this time, that's going to be fucking hilarious to you, is it? Uh, you uh, an inner demon made your hands glow. Made your hands yeah. glow. Yeah, hold on. What? <laughs> yeah, you haven't really talked to anyone about this yet. Because there was the fire and there was the weird time loop thing and there was a lot of other things going on and it didn't seem that important to mention. But quite frankly, um, it's, it's not ideal everything that's going on and um we've all got bigger problems once the rest of this is done so just maybe don't like waste your time when we're in the middle of important heist things all right just oh gods i sound like the parent of the group when did this happen where is the writing those in i need mom and dad here because i'm not comfortable being the voice of reason here it makes me very uncomfortable and i i've already i just wanted i just I'd never seen one before. I didn't know it was called a phoenix. Why didn't anyone tell me it was called a phoenix? She just bursts into tears. So we got in the house. (laughs) (laughs) Good, 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 good call. (laughs) All right. So, so you're in the house. She's engaging with her inner demon. And, um, all right. Now, I, my question is, where does the time loop come in? Ah, now see, that's the question you got to ask yourself. See, the problem was we started going through all of his desk drawers uh, in his office to try to find uh, the piece of incriminating evidence to keep him from actually joining. And um, I think gambling it was uh, debts, yeah. gambling debts. 
And I think it was, I believe it was Talroth who was going by the bookcase, and there was a book there, and he pulled the spine of the book, and then the shelf, uh, by some form of telekinesis or magical floating, levitated to the side, and we found a room of clocks. Ooh, a room of clocks. And so, of course, we had to go in. Of course, I would have gone in. It was a room of clocks. You see a room of clocks, you go into a room of of clocks. What about a room of shelves? You don't go into a room of shelves. A room of tables. You wait. (laughs) But see, what happened was, we weren't aware that this was going to start a time loop. Because as the four of us went into this room, we were immediately transported outside of the house and we were like oh no he's gonna know exactly what went on but then in the distance we saw us staring at the back door and the guards oh so you're staring at the back door and the guards and treasure no no no, no. our past selves are staring at the door and the guards we are staring at our past selves and then that i mean it it answers all of your previous questions because talroth throws the bottle of rum Uh and immediately as that happens we all thought it was going to well that's what you think but it was real rum because we all thought the bottle was going to break and that is when talroth realized he had to catch the bottle that he threw Uh uh-huh and he did. And he did. And Good. it made a clanky clank on the ground, which so the threw guards, the guards over. So the guards go over. That's when we took care of the guards. Because we so, all thought in the house, our past selves, why yeah. aren't the guards coming back? Uh-huh. But it's because we took care of the guards in the future, in the past. That makes perfect sense. This all makes perfect, perfect sense to me. So you catch the bottle. They chase down the bottle. The team outside takes out the guards while the team inside, their past selves, goes into the inside, searches through, pulls the book of the spine, spine book, anyway, goes into the clock room, comes out to take care of the guards. Now, what happens after you take care of the guards? Well, this is where things started getting just a hair on the weird side because... This was all very, very followable and easy so far. Super normal what happens up until next? now, right? She's wiped the, wiping the tear, or <laughs> rather, the tears are evaporating away, like like she's warmer than usual. Okay. Um and uh and um, so they are uh, <laughs> she's. <clears throat> uh, Tau, Tau, I, while your tears yeah, are yeah. are evaporating away, Tauroth. Well. Like, like I told everybody before, just kind of looking around at everyone, no offense to any of y'all, but we know you can't see me sneaking around. So going off that, I snuck in with our past selves to kind of start figuring out, okay, I know they're going to check over there. Let me check over here. Managed to find the gambling stuff, got that taken care of before past me pulled that spot on the book. Okay. Now, I almost got caught by past me, but... Yeah, kind of chasing our own tail a little bit, so to speak, just kind uh-huh. of going around something. Then one, I think it was past me, bumped into Treasure, and then I had to go to the other side of Treasure, but then I bumped into Ciroc. So it, it, even I get a headache thinking about it. That, that sounds very ring around the rosy. 
Uh, oh, you have no idea. It, it well, was a lot. So, why uh, I? Go ahead. That's why. I mean, I, I'm wondering if I, if I hadn't, um, if I'd hit a different Sirak, before I managed to end the time loop or, or at least contain it, um, if maybe that wouldn't have happened with the. I'm sorry again. I'm sorry. All right. I'm not sure I follow with that, but s let me keep going here. So, your past selves go into the clock room to become your present selves. Taroth, you've gone in there. You've found what you're looking for. I'm assuming now Treasure, Narvi, and Sorak make their way in where Taroth is and where they used to be. Yep, right. So, so then our past selves ended up becoming our future selves. So now we were technically the present and... It is a gift. Oh. Yeah. But we got the we got the gambling debt stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm just going to kind of glance over to Ciroc and a couple other interesting little objects. <clears throat> oh, Ciroc, what did you grab? Rock. Why, there why we have you go. Cast? There you go. <laughs> there we go. What you got to understand is wizards throughout their studies have small things that you wouldn't think are important, but those are sometimes the most important things. Mm. Have you ever heard of a magical object called an onyx dog? Onyx dog. I, in fact, have, I believe. Yeah. That would have been great. If we had found an onyx dog, mm. but, but when I didn't. found no, I found something far more treasurable, oh. far more insane than I ever thought possible. Mm -hmm. Onyx dogs play things. For have you ever heard of a jade giraffe? I I haven't. I haven't heard of the jade giraffe. Same principle. Okay. Infinitely more rare. Oh yes, sounds it. I'm going to say literally none of this happened in the timeline that Tauroth took us away from. None of it. It was just an easy smash and grab job and we walked away clean and then the cards and this timeline exists. Hmm. But that wasn't it. I found a whole menagerie. A whole I menagerie. Found, I found a topaz elephant. elephant. Uh-huh. I found a peridot crocodile. Okay. Most importantly... I found a ruby flamingo. You'd think they'd get something pink, like a rose quartz or something, but no, it was ruby. Ruby flamingo. That is amazing. Now, is that why people tried to light you on fire? No. Oh. He was just collateral damage. It was an accident. They were getting... All right. Uh, <laughs> Again. So... Yeah. So, Zorak is stealing the menagerie, and... I'm guessing Rob, Robert Anson, discovers him? No, we were just trying to buy time. Oh, no. I was oh. just trying to buy any kind of time until one of them came and, you know, did a secret knock that we discussed. Or, or no, we have sending stones. Tell one of them called on the sending stone that it was mm -hmm. time to go. And I, I was keeping it close in my, in you know, and, and uh, you can feel, you could sort of, I, I kept it sort of bundled so I could hear it. Um. But again, loud spells, hoping that he'd just think it was a voice of some kind. Um, okay. And um, 
I got kind of distracted uh, because we started doing um, we started doing um, well fire spells. Oh. And uh, I hadn't really done any with anyone in a minute, and I I, I definitely hadn't done any with anyone when I was stressed like this. Mm. Usually I was worried for people, but Robert started mm-hmm. to get a little bit, um, again, not handsy, uh, was asking instead for more money, was asking instead to train to sweet, I was already offered him so much, but it was like he was already thinking of all he could do if he could teach me the world that maybe my parents would be grateful, and he started getting very aggressive about it, mm-hmm. and I hadn't done fire magic trying to protect myself since I left home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's when everything exploded. See, the thing was, we, now with the gambling debts, went up to the practice room to confront him with the gambling debts uh, to uh, get him to drop out of the heist, you see? The call was only if we couldn't find anything and they needed to get me out. The coming to confront m- confront him must have meant they found everything they needed. And I happen to be first through the door. Ah. Oh, so that and that's how, that's why your arm is featherless. Yeah, the arm is featherless, and I I don't know. It's the it must be the magics around this place. It's doing something to my feathers, all told mm. everywhere. Hmm. Hmm. That I'm I'm I understand that. So that that is so awful. So you confronted him with the gambling debts, uh, which he needs to pay off. And you want him to not do the heist, but the heist is how he gets the money to pay off the gambling debts. So, we what did the gambling? We would call all the other debtors in the other tales, uh-huh. like I mentioned, Robert Anson. Uh huh. Doesn't know a lot of people know that here. That heist is not going to even close to cover the debt. Uh huh. Promise to help get him out of town, find a new name, or he could start over. And did he accept? Uh, he might have had he not accidentally gotten, gotten caught in his own time loop while we were trying to get away from the explosion. Oh, he got time? Well, there was another explosion. Well, just sort of a delay. He had some potions on his desk, and when other things started to catch fire and I couldn't put myself out fast enough, and we tried to get me out of the room and calm down, there was like a second wave. Second wave? Do you ever have fire, head alchemist's fire? Like a bottle of alchemist's fire? Uh, obviously, I'm a bartender, so this happens all the time. But sure. uh, why don't you explain to me what it looked like? Um. Well, luckily, as a magician, he's fairly contained. You would have expected the glass to break and the windows to burst, but he's got a... Uh, wherever he's rented or bought or whatever, he is warded. Nothing on the outside, it was just inside. As a matter of fact, when we were running away from the house, there was no proof that anything inside had gone wrong at all. Hmm. Possibly the windows a little blackened, but that could easily be curtains. But that's it. It was... Honestly, my question is this. A man who's got that many magical artifacts, like a room of clocks that could catch you in a loop, and the kind of walls that could block fire from burning your house down, what is he doing gambling away and begging money off heists? Seems to me he could have just sold all these things. Gotten it anyway, but... That's a very good question. I, I'm hoping you have the answer for me. Because you were inside the house and I was not. I mean, I'm assuming he enjoys the chase and he's looking for the thrill. But, uh, um, or perhaps he doesn't own all those things after all. And like I said, he's renting. 
In which case, someone's going to be pissed. Tauroth, when you were searching through all of his things and you found the gambling debts, did you find evidence of him renting or who he was renting it from? <laughs> somebody, somebody with that much gambling debt, do you honestly think he'd be able to afford even renting a shack? Well, nah, I'm... nah, he was squatting. That wasn't uh, his place. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Of course he was. Fuck. Oh, fuck. So, so whose was it? Well, uh, <laughs> I didn't stick around long enough to find out because as soon as Sorak had, well, after Sorak had picked up the whole stuff with the menagerie and mm -hmm. went upstairs to go get Fable, I mean, he took treasure with him because, well, I mean, look at the big old beefling. Say, so if that, if that, uh, Rab, Rob, honestly forgetting his name at this point, if he even tried anything with treasure there, yeah, she was going to whoop his ass halfway to Sunday. But... I figured, let me see what's around here. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. <laughs> I didn't catch the name. Mm -hmm. It sounded it sounded very uh, weird. I don't know if this guy had some kind of dragon fetish or whatnot, but it's like I started trying to read something and it kind of sounded like uh, Lara Shandala or something, something like mm -hmm. that. So... Yeah, I just decided, uh, nope, I ain't dealing with this. I dealt with that jackass once before. Uh-uh, oh. nope, and I left. <laughs> okay, all right. So, now, Taroth has left. And, Narvi, where are you at this point? Because Treasure and Sorak are confronting Rob with Fable and, her, and the gambling debts. And Rob is about to be caught in a time loop, and Sorak's getting his arm set ablaze. At the moment, where are you during all of this? Well, Sorak was get, getting um, trinkets, so I thought um, I would join him. Uh, right. I couldn't, couldn't find any um, any any animals, but I did found uh, I did find a, a keg um, uh, with well, it looked like sand in it. Um, okay. Um, we took okay, that with us. Um, well, must have been a heavy keg, but you're a very strong man. Sort of look, look at her and kind of go, yeah. <laughs> um, with that with us, um, I thought maybe uh, if um, if Rabs uh, was resisting, I'd, resisting, I could, uh, you know, pop him, pop him in it. Um, well, it turns out we didn't need to, so um, we took it, took it with us. Um, but uh, then it was then it was on to um, on to elude. Um. Well, now hold on. Before we move on to elude, treasure, Sirak, you confront Robs. He agrees, and how did he get stuck in the time loop? That's my. That's what I'm curious about. Well, this actually started because he was trying to pack everything into the bags to try to get out as quickly as possible as you can okay. imagine. Uh, Just... Yes, he's leaving. He's stealing everything he can because exactly. he was squatting. All right. Yes. Okay. Okay. And in stealing, I guess he didn't realize which spells were what. Okay. More active at present. Pretty oh. much. Also potions. If I, I mean, I'm, I don't consider myself a really well-known alchemist or spellcaster. I've grown sure, up around sure. a lot of them. Sure. And I know enough 
that if you mix two potions that aren't supposed to be together along with a couple scrolls and then you start popping wild magic right is that what happened to your hair you mix potions together and and it started to wear off well you remember that initial explosion that hit Sirach and the second explosion that came after it that left the windows black right second yeah. explosion the second explosion i tried to block with myself with your... over so basically just turn myself over Sirach and Fable. very heroic of you and I th- thankfully it didn't burn me because I'm a little more resistant to that sort of right, thing. Right, yeah. And uh, my hair, though, decided it was going to turn funny colors. I don't recommend dyeing your hair with alchemist fire, especially when you kind of are semi a conduit for wild magic. It doesn't doesn't work well. Okay. You end up with this, which I mean, it's fabulous, but still. Sure, of course. Well, of I course. don't even know if it was quite the alchemist fire as much as it was the alchemist fire and the combination of. It's that potion paint sort of thing that's meant to dye hair and dye, but like, it, it's like a permanent one. It's very fancy and expensive. I wonder if he was dyeing his hair, now that I think about it, to blend in here and be someone else. Whatever it was, um, effective combination. It, it's a good look on you, at least. Yeah, I mean, right. I like it. Yeah. What it, unfortunately, though, all that mixture of stuff did end up causing a second time loop that thankfully we were able to grab Sirach and, and Fable out of. And by then, Narvi and Talroth were out of the building, so they didn't get caught in it. But I'm pretty sure everything inside that building is now caught in some weird semi-explosion-y time loop. We're not going to touch that. Like I said, I- if he ever gets out, I'm sure he would be willing to keep on with the offer. But um, right now, I think he's stuck. He sounds very, as far as I've heard, yes, he's, he is, he is very, very stuck. Yeah. Um, uh, and um, also the lingering effects of the, she just looks at Tauras' hair. It's like, I, listen, it could be the other thing, but also you could have a little bit of lingering time going on with the, that. Well, yeah. Uh, keep going in. And for me, it wasn't even wasn't so much the yeah the time loop that kind of got me. It's and I'm just more of to... a time flat or a time, time twist. Um, <laughs> twist. I'm just again going to look down at the scrolls and then just glare over at Sirach. So I'm sure you've come across fake scrolls at some point in your time. Oh, I used to do a bit of uh, forgery business. Sure, sure. Yeah. Now, in making fake scrolls, you wouldn't use, like, the real stuff to try to make it right. I mean, you might use a dab of it just to have a little bit of the essence in there, but not enough to actually, you know, cast a spell. I mean, you know, it all depends on who you're, who you're making it for. But, yeah, that's that's uh, that, that makes sense. So is is did this happen with a lure? Because we we're, we're so we're done with we're done with Rob's. We hope. Oh, part yeah, and part of this yeah. does go into alludes because nice. the All scroll right. itself. Yeah. yeah, one of the scrolls itself. I'm seeing Mordenkainen's faithful something, and I'm like, right, right. oh wait a second, I've done some research on this. I've heard of Mordenkainen's faithful hound. Awesome. Yeah, I should have read a little further. Okay. And then I also should have noticed there was Mord and Kainen, not. Mordenkainen. And where did so so where did you get this the scrolls? Well, they were kind of with some of the gambling debts that Rob had. Ah. Mm-hmm. All right. So you grabbed 
the fake scrolls. To, to, in my defense, I thought they were real. And you thought they were real, of course, because they were good forgeries. That's good. Okay. No, because All right. they were forgeries and you have a problem. <gasps> you can't even <laughs> cast those. Why did, why? That's fine. Just huh. a lot there's going a on. Bit, there's <sighs> a little bit of magic, I think. Yeah. Listen, the Merry Pranksters don't get to use magic for a while. They took three hours doing something that should have taken three minutes. <laughs> right. Nobody's so. on my side here. <laughs> yeah. See? I'm, I'm, I'm just sorry I can't read. Oh Infernal. Um, might have taken us a little bit less time. Um, but yeah. Um, after after that, we got to um, we got to uh, thinking about where Elude uh, could be. Um, mm -hmm. um, she's not really, or they're not they're not really uh, the kind of people that I tend to um, spend time with. So we went back and spoke to Sarade and thought about um, where where Elude might be. And um, where did well, you find her? It's hard to describe. Um, it's kind of like this place, only with men pretending to be women and doing a show. Um, mm -hmm. Like, um, yeah, lots of lots of feathers. Lots Sorry of feathers. Lots of um, flamboyant dresses and lots of, um, I think, I, I think they were singing, but right. sometimes their, their, their mouths were moving in a different direction to what the, what the actual singing was meant to be. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think I've heard of this, but all right. All right. So you go to this, um, you go to this establishment and the, this, um, the, the, the show is going on. Um, and and that's was that's where you found Lure. Well, um, I mean, it was actually Talroth that that found Elude um, ah. uh, to, to 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 start off with. Um, yeah, that was. Uh, truth be told, that was a bit more by chance than by skill. You mean you hadn't been there before? You didn't know the layout of the land? I've had a few things that I've been working on recently, and I mean, it did pop in there once or twice before, but... It's a nice place. No judgment. I liked it. Well, what, and what was the name of this place? It's called... Go. I'm going to let Tom pick the name. <laughs> it's, um... Pooh Rolls. <laughs> Right, yeah. Pooh do you rolls. Mean pearls? Do, do you perhaps mean if we're not gonna commit to that? <laughs> Is that what you meant, Narvi? Are you are you settling on Was it? Was it I think pearls? Is that how you is, is that how you pronounce it? Pearls. Oh. Uh, well, um I've gotta go and make an apology after this. Um No, you don't, right. you're perfect. <laughs> um so you guys are at you're at pearls. Tauroth is is fine is going to find a lure. So Tauroth, how did you find a lure? 
accidentally muted myself instead of being on here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, like I said, the last couple of times I was in there was mostly just kind of scanning things out, looking for somebody that wasn't a lure. But this time around, just going off of what everyone else told me about his description. Literally, next thing I know, there. heading up to the bar, yeah. get myself a drink. Oh, sorry, her. You're good. You're good. You're good. Yeah. So, yeah, just going off of her description, walked up to the bar, get myself a drink. Next thing I know, somebody just turned around, turns around, bumps right into me, spills some drink on me. I, I don't even know what it was. It smelled a lot like strawberries and kiwis and just, I, I don't know. It was definitely a little too fruity for my taste. Something Treasure would have liked, though, because she definitely made some comments about it. But next thing I know, there she was. Well, allure, I meant. Like, she was just, allure, she, yeah. yeah, yeah she, she, spilled, she spilled the drink on me. She spilled the drink on you, right. And and Treasure got a taste. She liked it. Um, what? So was she mad? Or were they mad that they bumped into you or spilled their drink? Or what happened next? Well, definitely, definitely seemed like she might have had a couple already in her. So uh-huh. it was just an accident. I mean, I'm not going to get mad at somebody for just accidentally spilling shit on me. Of course. But hey, once I got the recognition from Treasure, this is who we're looking for. Well, the two of us kind of played up the charm a little bit. I mean, definitely more Treasure than me. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. managed to kind of get her to go to a table, just kind of sit down, have a couple drinks, and mm-hmm. just start chatting her up a little bit. I mean, well, Treasure did most of the chat, and I was trying to get the smell out of my armor. Well, Treasure, what what did you all chat about? Well, first of all, his armor still smells great. Just saying. Second of all. I'm telling you, I'm going to get it cleaned later. Don't you dare. Strawberry daiquiri works on you. Second of all, I never thought I would look like anybody. I mean, I'm pretty distinct looking, but apparently there's a performer there that looks an awful lot like me. Really? Except the gold's not natural. I mean, they just well, play on like extra glitter, but they, they're another tiefling, um, apparently male, but <laughs> they, they kind of do this look. Directly. And then, you know, the, the allure apparently thought I was this particular drag queen oh. and started asking me for tips. And I didn't know what to say. I barely wear makeup. This is just how I look. Okay. So, you, but but did you, I mean, they were apparently drunk, so I guess you could have told them anything, but it went oh, well? I, uh, it went well enough. I mean, I was making things up as I went. Uh, I don't know, uh, pig's fat in the hair. Yeah, that'll get it to just stick up and, and mm. get this volume. And, mm-hmm. uh, oh, you brush your teeth with coffee grinds. Yeah, it's, in any case, I was suddenly the distraction, which I was not expecting to be, at least not in this way. Right, of course. So, And then things went from bad to worse. Oh, but it, yeah, so they, they um, Sirak, I'm afraid to ask, was that you or? It was. <laughs> so what happened was the plan to get Allure out of here was to make her believe she had a contract for a much better gig. Mm. Feels and, mean because she was actually pretty nice. Yeah, right. I mean, incredibly nice person, but we had a timetable and we had to stick to it. It was really the only way we could think to uh, think to get her out of here. Of course. 
Yeah, and so I had taken back one of the scrolls that I had given to one of the ones that Tauroth hadn't tried to use mm -hmm. and backfired mm -hmm. on him. Right. And I had taken that scroll and I had done a forgery of a letter of intent for a show at the brand new establishment, the Mord and Canaan. Oh. At least that's what was going to be the plan. Entirely. The moment I stepped in there, I mean, Narvi said to his credit, when we walked in, there, there were a lot of feathers. Yep. And I walked in and I'll be damned if they didn't think that I was one of the performers. It's all right. Mm. It's all right. I, I know it's, she starts just stroking him. So I know it was very confusing and overwhelming even now to think about. It was a lot of overstimulation so, there. So I understand now. The story that I've, I, I, the rumors I've been hearing, I, I, it all makes perfect sense to me. Well, actually, not all of it. About three fifths of it makes sense. Because I heard I... that you all did a, a show at the, at Pearls. We didn't do a show, we it, redefined the genre. You of redefined show. the genre. So I, I get how, I get how Treasure and Ciroc, and no offense, Fable, but you're pretty glittery to begin with. I get how the three of you ended up on stage at Pearls, but who convinced Narvi to, who dressed up Narvi? Look, I met a very, very nice um, person. Um, mm -hmm. They were called, um, they were called uh, Shona. Shona. Uh, Shona testicle. Um, <laughs> um, they took me backstage, um, and well, they, I think they just felt bad um, about the the clothes that I was in, um, and we were rifling through their their wardrobe, and they found mm -hmm. found me a few bits and pieces. Um, and they let you keep the jacket, apparently. Well, he well, did work it so well. <laughs> How could they not? It's, uh, it's called um, <laughs> it's called uh, fish voguing. Um, it's mm -hmm. it's the new it's the new thing. Um, mm -hmm. uh, just let your hands go limp while you move everything else, and it just yep. <laughs> Throw some prestidigitation on there, and you're done. And well, I've you know I I can kind of and uh, Navi as he's talking sort of uh, starts to you can see he starts to sort of sprout uh, sprout long hair like voluptuous hair and kind of um, eyeshadow starts to come out and like big old lips start to come out and he goes I can kind of do um, things uh, with me, me with me um, so um, you know it was. Uh, it was, yeah, um, they said I was a natural. Um, oh, you were. I, uh, because, because Cody requested players talk about their backstory. If I haven't mentioned it five minutes, I grew up in the circus. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you could make a living, nay, a killing. You could have your own tent. Where did that even come from, Narvi? I, I don't know. Uh, uh, they gave me a name. 
Oh, you're. No, I'm not. Do it. Say it. Say it, you coward. It, if you don't, someone else has we'll to. We'll make something worse. It's you. You gotta. Ariola Franklin. Um. Uh, um, uh, I'm not. I'm. I'm not sure about it currently. I, I don't know whether it's. Um, <laughs> don't know whether it's okay. Uh, listen. Um. The reviews will tell us. Um. There's. There's. And I think. I mean. I believe. If you've heard the stories about a show, I am sure. You didn't recognize all of them as the names, but uh, but if 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 Narvi's persona had a name in the papers, um, you know, I'll keep an eye out for it. Yeah, I didn't I didn't recognize any names until until you just said that. But that is that is quite quite the moment. So you so so one of you is Ariola Franklin. Uh, the other is Allure. Uh, After presenting with the contract for Mordenkainen's, Allure, mm-hmm. who had had a bit to drink, uh, mistook me uh, for a, a magical pigeon. And that is actually how I got, they all started calling me the stage name because I came from Mordenkainen uh, in my story to uh, offer this contract. She just started calling me Mordenkainen's faithful pigeon. Okay, that name didn't make it into the paper. There was some. It was something shorter. Just page. Pidge, great. Pidge it is. <laughs> Took too long. We're going with Pidge. Sorry. <laughs> you better work, Pidge. <laughs> Sorry. Pidge, please. Yep. There you go. Oh my god, glamour toad Ciroc, I love it. Uh-huh. Just pulling off the whole ginger minge aesthetic. Alright, let's do this. Alright. So so we've got two names. Two two more of you need names. Hold on. Well, treasure was mistaken was for mistaken for someone specific. Right. So hey, Fable. Can you, can you remember the name? I daren't, I daren't, um... Yeah, treasure. Sorry, uh, the space bar was sticking. (laughs) Uh, uh, I was mistaken for somebody named Ruby Gems. Ruby Gems. All right. I don't have any red on me, but apparently she usually rocks red dresses. Uh Uh-huh. They they printed it as Rubin Gems, but that's... (gasps) I'll take it, I mean. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. And uh, last but not least, uh, Fable. Yes, they just, um, because I, I glittered under the stage lights just with, and just everything was mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of sparkle everywhere. I went, I was like a, one of those mirror globes you hang up on the, you know, uh, but they, um, they called me Lavish Light. And uh, the guy did okay. a lot of trapezery and, and aerial stuff up at the top, and there's just mm-hmm. a lot of that. Um, so, you all meet Elude. You trade beauty secrets. Uh, Sorak arrives. You guys get confused. 
dragged into the show. All of this is, Tauroth, what are you doing when, when the show is happening? This is perfect Tauroth time for you to Tauroth about. <laughs> well, well, definitely. I mean, I was, so, I was so just off in the back just trying to wash off whatever drink it was that she spilled. Right, I mean, right. And next thing I know, I'm seeing Ciroc doing some weird acrobatics on stage. I didn't know uh-huh. what he could do before. I mean, that was just, wow. I, I, ha- I have heard... The review says, um, while the layman may not recognize it as, uh, well, to the layman, it may not be terribly impressive. It was apparently quite the erotic Eric Cochran mating dance. I saw him do it once when he was talking to Olarun, and that was... <clears throat> right, I, yeah. If I, there, yes. So, um, so, so, yeah, I just kind of kept chatting to Alora a little bit. Just kind of trying to get a feel for what her thoughts were on the whole, well, Lewis Lip sink ships, you know, see what her whole thoughts were on the heist about this, uh, this uh, contract that Sorak had brought up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, there was one thing that I didn't know about when I was talking to her. Sure. I didn't know she was a bard. Oh. Pretty decent one, too. Yeah. Now, do you remember what I said before about some scrolls that if they're done with enough of that magic ink. Yeah. And how we found it in that, that in Rob's place or where he was squatting. And then all that wild magic started going off. All of it. Yes. Yes. You want to take a guess what happened when a pretty decent bard read off, tried to read off of a scroll that was written over with a contract with magic ink. I have no idea. And I'm hoping you'll tell me in great detail after we get back from this break. Fuck. Will do. <laughs> How about I find so, our break? <laughs> yeah, we're going to take a quick break. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. I'm going to run one minute, and then that'll give uh, Caitlin the chance to get the normal break going. We're good. Well, I'm doing the ad anyway. Soon, yeah. And welcome back. We are Random Encounter Productions. I'm Cody Stone. With me tonight, we have... Caitlin, playing Fable Frost, the Ace Genasi Phoenix Soul Sorcerer. Hi, I'm Kez, and I'm playing Treasure, the Tiefling Barbarian. Eric. Hi, I'm Sirak, <laughs> and I'm playing Eric the other way around. I'm Eric, <laughs> and I'm playing Sirak, the Arakakura Horizon Walker Ranger. Hope you are seen. You are just a bird in a human suit. <laughs> well, I'm Mars. I'm playing Talroth Oakenblade, the Wood Elf Scout. Hello, I am uh, the token Brit Tom, uh, and I am playing... What's a <laughs> Brit Tom, uh, and I am playing uh, Navi, the half-elf rune knight. Tonight, I believe, is right. the first night we heard those words about him. It was just, I'm playing Narvi. Full stop. Awkward full stop. I'm, I'm just sort of letting you all add the air No, again, I was on. just going to put question marks. It was that party member we <laughs> haven't uncovered their information yet. It just... Yep. All right. So you guys are in the middle of recounting the recent adventures uh, that you had to uh, to eat. And uh, so uh, I believe, Tauroth, you were about to enter a, a, a great explanation and or um, terrible event. So let's let's hear it. Pick us back up where where uh, we left off. Well, 
just to kind of re-preface the situation. So I'm still sitting at a table talking to Allure. We got a couple drinks between us. There's the contract that Sirak had brought up that he had borrowed my forgery kit before. And mm-hmm. I honestly didn't question why. I was trying to make sure that everyone else was okay. But I didn't know that he was taking the forgery kit to rewrite over one of the fake scrolls that we got using some of the inks that we happened to take with it. Now, as I'm trying to get Allura to sign this contract, just to kind of get her away from the heist and just the timing of it and all, and also not realizing she was a bit of a bard. So, all right, she's got some magic on her. Uh, She kept getting a little distracted when she was signing things and started getting a little handsy as well. The big problem started showing up when Treasure happened to be on stage, turned over to look, and saw that Allure was kind of messing with my hair a little bit. Now, Treasure's been awfully protective lately. And, well, her and I have been around each other long enough where I could just kind of sense when the rage is picking up. So I knew something was bound to happen. And what did happen? I wasn't jealous and you can't prove anything. It's not my fault that her face happened to be in the way when I swung around that pole of my hoof. But what about that damn little powder monkey you summoned up that latched itself onto my face? That was my favorite part of the night, honestly. (laughs) I had a great view from up there. Wild magic, it gets a little weird. My wild magic happens to get weird in the shape of powder monkeys and hoofs to faces. Hoofs to bitches faces, specifically. Since when is hoof to bitch face a wild magic surge thing? I didn't hear about that in school. The powder monkey. Very specific spell. Oh, don't be on her side for this. (laughs) Listen. I'm listening. (laughs) Now, you treasure. made me tell my story first. You're going <laughs> to suffer. <laughs> well, treasure, I mean, I, I ain't blaming you for anything. And that powder monkey of yours, I need to have words with him later because he started scaring the, the ever-living shit out of Steve. Well, that was unfortunate, but okay, okay. You, so you, maybe- know, you know how shy Steve is. I only just started talking to him recently when I realized the damn little bastard was kind of sentient. Is this a he leans over to <laughs> Sirak. I know you're not the one to be asking about double entendres, but I may have missed something. Is Steve what he calls his downstairs monster? <laughs> no, no, I, I don't think so. I've, I've, I'm not mistaken. He refers to that as something, something slightly different. Pass without a trace? No, the flute of household rain. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Carry on. Narvi looks so upset. <laughs> Is that his dick? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we were asking. <laughs> oh. oh. I adore you, Narvi. I'll protect you with my life. Okay. Um. Okay, so... <laughs> So, So, yeah, she was getting handsy, and I may have summoned powder monkeys. The the rage does things. 
I may have decided to hit her in the face accidentally with a hoof as I spun around the pole. And next thing you know, she was really reading that scroll incorrectly. She was already reading it not right in the first place, but I'm guessing a concussion doesn't add to magic very well. And she had her fingers all in his hair. And next thing I knew, I tried to get my fingers in her hair. For different and, you reasons. Know, for different reasons. More like, um, I, I may have wanted to try to scalp her, only to realize that scalping equipment was not within the premises. But I calmed down. I calmed down. I had a drink. I calmed down. <laughs> so... But like I said, for legal reasons, these are just stories, not anything that could be pressed against us in a court of law about assault or anything like that. Just stories. So do I want to know where Allure is? Or who the fuck Steve is? Well, Allure is actually in one piece. Granted, she might be a couple funny colors right now. Because you see, <laughs> that uh, that scroll of uh, Mord and Conan's Faithful Pigeon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did actually work. It did oh. summon something. All right. Yeah. Summoned the... Uh, a few dozen big old parrots. Not pigeons. Big Not old parrots. colorful parrots. Parrots the size of Rottweiler dogs. Those are very big dogs. Those are very big pigeons. Oh, parrots. Yeah. Those are dogs we have here, apparently. So, what did the pigeon dogs do? Well, they, they came out. They were screaming. They were squawking. Ciroc started. Uh-huh. Ciroc started talking to them. I don't know what he was telling them because at this point, I was just trying to duck under the table, try to get the powder monkey and Steve to stop fighting in my hair. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck is Steve? I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, so, who is Steve? <sighs> hang on a second. So, just going to take a moment and just kind of say a few words and summon a very tiny little air elemental. Yeah, do you remember when uh, I started figuring out that I could actually do some some bit of magic? No, because uh, you never did it in front of me, you fuck. Well, you were I was trying to help you with Screebers, but you were more concerned about Screebers, so I just figured, okay, I'll just show you later. And later just never happened. Right, blame Screebers for that. That'll go over well. Who the fuck is... Well, and how did... And she looks at Ciroc. Just back. How did you get him here? He just kind of followed me. I mean, once we once we left that big old town where we found Cafe, which I still need to ask a couple questions, but that's well, a sad thing. We need thing. to leave her in the bottle for a while. But anyways, it's kind of after that where I started noticing the wind was following me up a little bit. And yeah, just kind of sat during a watch one night, just kind of sat around and just kind of focus on and talk to it. And then this little bastard showed up. Mm. Needless to say, he's he's been helpful, but he's been a little skittish. I just kind of glance over at Treasure. Right. So back to the giant parrots. Right. Not friends of yours. They did not like you, and I'm sorry. And she points at the that bit back there. It'll grow. That'll grow back at least. Yeah, I mean, like, most people think, you know, I'm a bird, they're a bird, that we can all speak the same type of language, but unfortunately, I, they don't speak languages, so I had to try to intimidate them. 
the dance you were doing was one of amorous intent, if I was not, if the article is to be believed. Among our comments, article... but not... Well, the, the the article is to be believed, but you know sometimes you, you, you can put a different spin on something. And so so it had begun as the as the Eric Cochran amorous mating dance, ritual. mating yes, ritual, yes. right? And then when the bird dogs arrived, were summoned, you you adjusted it exactly to try to intimidate and uh, put fear into them. Did it work? Well, I'm not very intimidating, um, and so it just looked like a continuation of the mating ritual. Oh. It's very hard to All tell right. the difference. Also, in and the picture this. currently up on the overlay, you're very intimidating. That was very good timing on the on the slideshow, <laughs> because it is it is Sirach currently in his angry bird, and I'm very happy with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, the bird dogs are there. Sirach is being... Hounded. Um, the Powder Monkey and Steve are fighting through Tauroth's hair as Treasure is taking a walkabout to get a drink. Fable is in the rafters. I Narvi, what are you doing at this point? Over Fable, had you were you not in the in the silks in the, I was in in the, the up? silks, the rafters and plays I was hidden. I was being monumentally talented in a way I have not gotten to do in a very long time, so I think it's very important that everyone acknowledges that. Monumentally talented from a safe distance is what I'm attempting to piece together. That's fine. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Monumentally talented. So, Narvi, what happened? Where were you? What were you doing? Well, at this point... um... I bought the uh, the 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 um, the uh, keg um, into the into the place mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. backstage, um, and um, one of the girls uh, said, "You can't have that in there, in here, um, you know, for inspection reasons or whatever." Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I said, um, "Well, why not?" And she said, "Well, that's." Um, uh, it's not exactly the most legal of, of substances. Um, so I said, all right, fair enough. Um, I rolled it outside um, and it gave me a bit of an idea um, for um, the future um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, escapade, but less less so for now. Um, and I rolled it back out and um, kind of waited for the others um, to do their thing. With with elude really, um, mm. as I started, um, well, bagging up this sand. Um, mm. So you you decided to take the illegal sand out of the keg and break it up into smaller bags. More Some of it, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Made sense to me. Of course, right? No, of course, of course. So. Um, back inside. We're just drug muling now, aren't we, Narvi? That's, <laughs> Narvi and Fable are going to accidentally start selling cocaine. Listen, it's either cocaine or or gunpowder. Uh, gun yeah. Either way, I'm happy. <laughs> What's going to be fun is if we sell it as the wrong thing. 
to the wrong person. Snort gunpowder, bitch! Cody's writing it down! No! So. <laughs> Thank you, Cody, for being on top of... When you don't have to run OBS and you don't have to run... And you just get to listen to us be chaos, Cody is running the Out of Context Disasters chat tonight, and he's owning it. Yeah, man. If I if I don't if if I don't have to if I'm not in charge of making up the story, I get to sit in the back and, and Tristan, make jokes. Tristan, you didn't come so. in at a weird time. This night started at a weird <laughs> time. You've actually come in at the most normal time this evening has seen so far, my dude. Yeah, Trust man. me. You. Uh. So. <laughs> what I got. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. So, back inside. What ended up happening to Allure after she got kicked in the head and with the elementals fighting around her? You see, that's the funniest part. For everything, we tried to actually get her to go away using this fake scroll and this fake contract. Somebody thought all those parrots showing up was part of her act. As it turned out, there actually was a talent scout in the audience that was originally Mm -hmm. there trying to get queens and stuff for a performance. Mm -hmm. But instead, seeing Allure summon all these birds caused Talroth's hair to go wild. And basically everything else that happened was attributed to her act. The talent scout was absolutely amazed. Mm. And so this talent scout made her an offer and it was an offer honestly that she would have been real dumb and yeah granted she'd get she had a concussion and everything else but she would have been real dumb to refuse even that offer it was one of those high-end hoity-toity weddings that you just gotta hit up and you're gonna get paid a ridiculous amount of gold because of course it's one of those celebrity like i don't know i think her name is corky b or something (laughs) one of those celebrities having a wedding and just want special performers Mm. (laughs) i hate Mm -hmm. all of us so much Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. i i (laughs) that's all and with all that i mean if i was a performer i would have taken it but i'm not i'm terrible at this so (laughs) So, she gets booked for this wedding. And it just so happens, we look out for everything else we'd done wrong. The wedding happens to be halfway across the continent at around the same time as the heist. So, she basically has to leave today. Wow. Wow. That's very lucky. Yeah, considering we were doing great. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. was especially lucky when she decided just to tear up that contract that she had just signed. Oh, that is good. That is. Yeah. That's, that we, all seems. We have very different definitions seems... of good. Well, well, you wanted her under a contract. I think we all have very different well, definitions of luck at this point. Yeah. Cause that, that's that a uh, contract she signed. That was written over the fake scroll that she had accidentally partially started casting. Mm-hmm. Then she tore that up. And with all the wild magic going on, thanks to uh, a certain golden brick house here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. I'm just going to kind of point to my hair. For some reason, this hasn't stopped since. Oh, oh. And I'm pretty sure I'm smelling a little bit of burning coming from in there. So I don't know if the powder monkey left a present. Oh. Mine sounds awful. Yeah, um, I've washed it five times. It won't stop. Wow. So where was the gig that Allure was supposed to go to? Where did she end up? Oh, small well, island off of the coast uh, of uh, what's that uh, that desert place that you come from? Can't hear you, Jalen. J- yeah, it was like an island about a couple of days sail from Jalen, I believe. Oh, right. Yes, I I heard that the Duskwoods were looking for exotic entertainment for a upcoming event. I didn't do that on purpose. What? Then again, Mars mentioned La Rochelle, and that's going to be a problem later. We all have to acknowledge it. So, you know, I don't feel so bad. Hey, it's not a problem for me. I don't know who this person is. <laughs> yeah, but you're going to have to be here when we deal with it. <laughs> so, so, so that... Lux out. You get a lure off the continent. She's on her way um, to to an event outside of Jalen, hosted by the Dustwoods. Fantastic. Now, I have to say, I did not expect those two to be quite so much trouble. But I, I'm really... This is the part that makes me wonder. Um, are you all sure you want to go through with this heist? I mean, because... For all the trouble that Allure was, and all the magical shenanigans that uh, that Robert Anson uh, had, um, the stuff I've heard about what happened with Emery, I, I, I'm not squeamish. I I um, was raised in the Bay Area, but. Um, how did it get so out of hand? She just looks at Narvi. She said squeamish, and my brain went there. She just looks. Look, um, ultimately, um, I didn't quite foresee how much damage Otyugs can do when they're mm-hmm. weaponized. Mm-hmm. So you all had taken the time to capture Otyugs to assault Emery. And everyone thought this was a good, like everybody heard the plan and was like... No, no, the plan was originally um, offer them as a gift or a mm-hmm. threat not actually let them out. Oh. And then that went sort of wrong. As a gift? Listen, we poisoned someone with one. Clearly what they have to offer is useful. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it, I, yes, but it is still quite bold to, to be like, we, you know, your friend has been poisoned. By this. And here, by this. We may have Look, also I just... offered a, uh, an antidote that could only be made with the OTO blood that is a lie, but, uh, you know, it's a Look, I just thought 
you know, we we dealt with them so well last time um, yes, that, you know, we could potentially set something up whereby they attack him and we defend him. Um, ah. I didn't I didn't quite realise how much they would enjoy the sand from the keg. Um, ah. Uh-huh. So, you know, it was it was a bit more um it was a bit more than I was really expecting. Um and to be fair, I'm glad that um and uh, Navi looks down at um at uh, Fable's hands and kind of goes and looks up at her again and goes, I'm quite glad that you did what you did. Um, yeah, I, uh, well, it was easier to come by after the first one, and now I'm just worried about it stopping. So, so what was it? What, what, the Otiugs are hyped up on arcane dust, and... It's arcane dust, fuck! Navi makes a mental note. <laughs> And um, and they were harder to deal with than than we planned. Right. And um, well, in the house, I had um, with Robert, I had um a bit of an incident with um something that appears to live inside me, um, in a, in a way. Uh, I think it's where I get my fire magic from. And it sort of got out and didn't feel quite right. And I knew it was trying to get me to do more. It's trying to it's trying to tell me something. And I feel it more when I do big fire magic. And I felt it trying to come out again. So I had to get everyone else out of the room. Because when I I'm really close to being in trouble, I kind of explode a little bit. So you all released the Otiugs in a room? Oh, okay. It was a great hole. It was a great. Oh, okay. It's no. A okay. Room. A hole. Like a, yeah. No. Sure. Sure. Still yeah. A room. So that this makes, is technically a yeah. room. <laughs> well, no, it is. Yeah. I mean, this is this is very clearly a room. Floor, ceiling, walls, uh, exactly. doors. I, um, yeah. Yeah. Very room-like. Yep. Um. But um. I, I, not. A, um, so you know what happens when uh, Otiogs who are hyped up on arcane dust get caught in a massive. A ball of phoenix-driven fire energy that is uncontrollable because the person who did it is about passed out dead. Everywhere, every, every, every they they got in everything. I, I, I think I swallowed part of a lot of them. I don't know that mm. I'll ever be clean again. Um, mm. Or um, two days in in a row doing something that big and that angry. Yeah. And yeah. now um, it's like the fire doesn't want, like it wants me to do it again to every monster that has ever, and hands just start sparking, that has mm. ever tried to take anything away from us. Ever. Mm. I think as, uh, as Fable says that, um, Navi kind of pops his hands like 
on top of hers and just kind of like pats pats it down a little bit. Um, says, um, so that was a thing that happened. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, and sort of looks back and goes, we might talk about that. Um, so after the, the OTX explode in, in fiery rage, how did Emery take it? the goo off of him right about as well as to be expected when you're covered in and swallowing and choking on yeah um but um he was aware that we had helped him to escape with his life um uh i was i i was handling uh i was i was with fable more uh than anything else at that time but i know that uh serac and uh treasure were um with emery trying to keep him safe mm. and what did he say Rock. Sorry, my trying to get space bars. Um, so obviously he was unawares that we were the ones who had set loose the Atyugs mm -hmm. in the area. That's good, because otherwise the whole thing would have been ruined. Exactly. Yeah. I got confused earlier. The the multiple fire blows to the head have fucked with me a little bit, and I'm a little distracted. Sure. Apologies. Of course. But after uh, after Fable, uh, you know, went critical mass and took care of most of the Edjugs. Right. Uh, we were. Uh, he was right next to Treasure and I, and we had to calm him down, and we told him how we uh, were able to save him and how we were able to uh, take care of him, which obviously he had seen in front of him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what'd you do to calm him down? What did it finally take? Not many people know this, especially by her size and intimidating nature, but Treasure is a real big softy. And all it really took uh, was just a big, big bear hug from Treasure. That's what finally calmed him down. Remember that, Treasure? I mean, honestly, I think it was being nearly suffocated in scale mail slathered boobs with OTU blood in them. But I mean, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. I'm sorry, Ian, can, it's canon that she awkwardly held him and patted him and sang Soft Kitty. Like that's, Basically. <laughs> that just in tits, like the tree in The Last Unicorn, who like just smothers the small wizard. In can, I, can I say, completely out of context, I had Sydney watch The Last Unicorn for the first time a little bit uh -oh. ago, and that tree, uh -huh. like the entire time she was giving me crap about the animation and everything, uh -huh. but the moment that tree comes up, she looks at me and she's like, the hell am I watching? 
I bring her. I will fight her after this is done. Oh, uh, it's a perfect <laughs> film, Sydney. She's no longer invited to my wedding. Both of you. <laughs> no, Eric can come. Sydney's no longer invited. Huh. It's perfect. So Emery calms down. I'm assuming he thanks you. Yeah, yeah, again, when he, you know, could actually get air. Yeah, well, of course. That, that is important. Although you probably protected him from the bulk of the explosion anyway with the tracks of fireproof land. Uh, essentially, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky to still have hair between all the explosions I've gone through this weekend. Listen, free waxing. You know you're not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, that's not where I thought that sentence would end. And then (laughs) it it did. It ended up, it ended exactly where I thought it would end. Because (laughs) you know me and I, our, our brains go the same places sometimes. Well, um, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm surprised at how you, you all got there. So are we. But, um, it does seem as though, at the very least, Emery was impressed. I do know Radovan is scrambling for new associates and i must I'm, say we sort of a couple of times put on very good shows of our talent and skill um like blowing up all the autogs they need a they need a caster there there's mm-hmm, got stories mm-hmm. they need they need a face we've got tits and they're soothing apparently yep <laughs> like we've got options that's what i'm saying you, there are, yes, you absolutely, absolutely do have options. Um, I'm going, I've been, I've been spreading my own positive messages about you all. And so I am going to reach out through a, a third party contact, make sure that Radovan knows that you and your team are the um best option that he has available and we've got fable filling the role of the caster uh treasure i believe taking over for obs in the muscle department mm-hmm. and i believe sorry going to face right and sorry will take the phase position and then once you all have heard the plan, um, I think we will be able to meet back up and see what other two members are best suited for um, the heist. The heist. Exactly. Heist heist. Treasure we're just gets really. Run honey heist next week, right? We're just going to be bears. <laughs> Well, uh, Treasure gets really excited. She leans over to Fable. She's like, "Oh my god! I just realized we're like Charlemagne's angels here." Oh my god! Shut down the whole stream. We're done. We're ending. <laughs> we're finished with 
show. <laughs> I am everything else I was fine with. I got through every goddamn thing else tonight. For some reason, Charlemagne's angels is what broke me. <laughs> so I have to leave. <sighs> I um because we still have some time tonight. What I would like to do is introduce you all to Redovan and give you the basic outline of the heist. Yes. So that you guys have the week to plan who else to bring with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, you you have earned a fair few number of uh, well actually tokens. Uh, I feel like we got all of those things. You yeah pretty tenuously. Pretty, yeah, tenuously, you did. Tenuously, um, yes. It's been yeah. a stretch in some places, but we got them. So here's my question: Is it better, given the format that we have worked out, is it better for you guys to know the the heist plan ahead of time? or to discover it as you are going. I like the format of discover it as we're going, honestly. Knowing the types of people that we need is one thing. If we knew okay. the heist plan in advance, we could just try to sabotage it beforehand. Yeah. Like we could try okay. to do other stuff without, yeah. Great. It's very Blades in the Dark, I like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. this big, is big that Bernotus of... episode with the we only know a step at a time um, right. mentality. I think, yeah. So, I think it's more fun. Um, but like meeting the rest of the crew or figuring out sure. where the roles need filled. Yeah. As you guys clean yourselves up, pat yourselves on the back, enjoy a bit of a night well done, you see Emery make their way into the bar. After passing a few words with Tui, um, the bartender slides over a couple of notes and informs you that the entirety of the group, because of their help and, uh, and bravery for saving Emery, have uh, your your tab has been covered for the evening. And, however, written on the. Um, this is the receipts, the tab notes, whatever that may be. For for treasure, for fable, as you two have, have been have met Emery as a package. You guys are are planning on going in there knowing each other. Saride is also at this meeting, although it is uh, we are going to portray it as though she does not know you all. She is an an out a third party right <laughs> to keep sarah was it was it pronounced sarah <laughs> and then megan lights uh, flames flames on the side of my face <laughs> side of her yeah. face um that's how fable died uh, <laughs> um So, I, um, find in my drow 
Oxenter. Come with me. It's a little bit piratey. It's a little bit Irish. It's funny how those always go just a wee bit in the same direction, doesn't it? So all the things I love to hear you do. Just go. No. I've been speaking with Radovan, and he has been most impressed with you all. So I've arranged a meeting. It's um, not going to be. It makes me nobody wants to talk to you. Shut up. It's not going to be something that is necessarily face to face. But he's a good friend to have. So, if I could encourage you all to do anything, just keep your wits about you. He takes you on a walk. And in the last 200 feet, I'm sorry, ladies. It's usually not something that uh, I would ask, but I do need you all to put these on. And they are black hoods and uh, eye covers. And um, he waits sits by waiting. The rest of you, Tauroth, Sarak, Narvi, as skilled trackers as you are, you have no problem so far following behind them. I would like to try to roll a check of some kind to see if I can still feel or like memorize the directions like an intelligence or something like memorize. We turned sure. left, we turned right, we turned whatever. Sure. So um, Here's what I would like. We're all because we get we get to roll dice at least once. I need survival checks from everybody. Okay. Um, for fable and treasure, they are at disadvantage. Um, as you are purposefully attempted to sucks, to be. Because I crit on the first one. Nat twenty on that first one. Fuck. Okay, sixteen. It's a thirteen from Navi. That's a 27 from Talroth. That's a 25 from Sirach. Nice. And that's a 3 from Treasure. Okay. Um, so it is Talroth and Sirach. Uh, he has a plus 8, and roll, we, I rolled an 11, so 19 for, um, for Emery. You guys are able to follow him. They, there are actually a number of, of very tricky sort of false walls um, about the city that cut through alleys and, and uh, dead buildings. And But you're, you're able to keep pace even with um, the magics like Pass Without a Trace. It's not so much leaving tracks as being able to anticipate where they're going. And Tauroth and Zorak perform a, a in tandem um, wonderful job of one always being behind, one always being in front and leapfrogging each other as needed in order to follow. Unfortunately, when they make it to the final building, it is, it looks like it's a very dense brick building stone uh stone watered um looks like it's about three stories and almost the, the entirety of a block 
there are no windows, and there's... I will um, go ahead and let you guys know with your passive perceptions between Sirach and Talroth. You beat... Uh, the only doors that seem to be here are illusory. Um, it is only through the magical wall pass spells that people enter and exit this particular building. Um, for those of you that are outside, I'd like you to make um, perception hearing checks at disadvantage uh, because that that's unless you can unless you have a way to see through walls. That's kind of the only perceiving you can um, you can do. I'm assuming I got sort of lost somewhere down there. Down no, the they they got they take you. They oh, yeah. they they catch you up. Yeah, yeah. You're part nice. of the team. You're not you're not out on your own. I apologize. Who is inside and who is outside? So the girls are going inside. Uh, everybody that was following, so Sorak and Tauroth, you guys were outside, along with Narvi, but you made it to the building, right? Cool. So disadvantage perception, please. So that was a twelve from Narvi. Okay. Tauroth, uh, you are under the silent spell. I mean, you, uh, you're you muted, but I couldn't oh, hear you. I was trying to be panic clever. Panic it is! No, I got you! The <laughs> no, meerkat pan panic was hilarious, though. He, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, the meerkat panic was going to be for the next wizard I came across, because you put a rogue under the silent spell. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, keep me here. I'm fine. Like, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, say 16 perception. 16, okay. And 12 from me. Okay. You guys are going to get some of this. Uh, I'm going to have you roll percentages to, in a little bit to see if there's if you pick up. Actually, go ahead and roll them now. Uh, the three of you roll me a percentage. You're you're not going to hear everything, but the higher the percentage, the better luck that you hear something important. I got a one. Harvey, you, you. Oh, buddy. That's the first time that's ever happened to me. That is incredible. Ever? ever. Okay. A you, one. You have been blessed. Oh. Truly. <laughs> Dalroth. 89. Okay. 36. Okay. Sounds good. Sorry, did you say um, Oh, percentage. I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought in my head we were rolling, what, D20s for a second? I'm like, that's your first natural oh. one ever? Oh, you mean on a percent... I'm on a percentile. Yeah. <laughs> so, ladies, you are brought into a um, into a relatively large chamber. There are some plush chairs. You are your the bags are removed from from your heads and the blindfolds from from your eyes. Uh, you take a moment to adjust to the low lamplight and flickering fires in the area. You are left there for a few minutes. Um, then Saride is brought in with Emery. And he looks about the team. Very different team. But I'm pretty sure we're going to prove ourselves 
most impressive to our wonderful patron. If you give me just a moment, uh, patch him in. He steps behind a brazier whose low fire is glinting along glass beads, casting myriad of lights across the entire area. And as he sits there, you begin to hear a gentle thrum. And out of the burst, sort of a, a, a low eruption of like fireworks begins to spray up and across the air out of the brazier. And you see the shoulders and um, Palpatine-esque hood of what must be Ridvan. What Emery? Who are these people? This is not the team we had prepared. Right. I know. But as I told you, Obs is out of commission. And the past two days, Rob Zolara's trapped himself in some dragon's den. Allure whisked away. By who? I'd rather not say by who? By those words potentially. Do we think it is retributive? No more bad luck. I don't believe in luck, Emery. I'm well aware of Zalar. That's why having such potentially perfect replacements is more of the fears of providence or since we're out here in the freelance perhaps fate <clears throat> emre you're too smart for your own good i've been told that my whole life it doesn't make it any less true Still, you do know me very well. Then who do we have? Right. So, this here is, what names did you give Emery? Did you give them your actual names? Treasure, what name did you give Emery? 
I gave him glitter hoof. And fable. Um, Serena. And I will, we will insert Sarai's name here later. And you've seen them do the job. I've seen them do quite a bit. I trust them to do this portion. Good. Good. Well then. I am Redovan. If you've heard of me, then you already know what that name means. If you haven't, rest assured, west of the mountain. The underworld quakes at the mention. I operate from here to Dragonopolis, to the Isles of the Forbidden Kingdom. If you betray me, there is nowhere in the free lands you can go. I cannot reach. There is no ally you have. I cannot buy. There is no hell you can hide in that I cannot improve upon. However, if you are as talented as Emery assures, wealth, riches, and power are yours. A simple job, but an important one. You're there. He turns to Saride. Only not saying her name because Cody doesn't have it at the moment. I've set you up with a trial membership within the library. You and Emery will enter posing as respective donors. Tour will be set. Once you reach the vaults, that is when Emre will begin his purpose. From elsewhere, near there, glitter, serene, and my personal contact. We'll be entering in the back way. You can 
magics reliably? Or do you require a bit of alchemical support, Serene? I can do that, but it's a lot more fun with, isn't it? Your fun is not my concern. Serene will perform her part. And then, Glitterhoof, you're up. The entirety should take 22 minutes. From the time Emre Charmer, enter the library to the time we are all back on the street. I suggest you all settle in and get some rest. You see lights in the corners of the room begin to slowly glow. One, two, then two behind you. And then above each of those lights, one in each of the four corners, two more light up. The glow begins to spread. They look like golems, constructs of some kind. Perhaps sentinels. You'll all be staying here until it's showtime tomorrow. At which point, Emery will lead the trauma, and I, or my standard. Will lead the rest of you through the back ways. Are there any questions? Then enjoy your evening. I have some insurance to get. He looks towards Fable, seemingly referencing her requirement for arcane dust. Emery, are we sure? They've tried. Locked up tight. Nothing in, nothing out. I'd rather not be in. Understood. Now then. It'll be costly. But it'll be worth it. I'll see you all tomorrow. 
Make sure you have your game faces on. And with that, the visage disappears. It's just us in the room, the three, or there's other strangers? Emery and the Sentinels remain. Are we meant to stay in this room or in the house, the area, the surrounding anything? The this house, okay. essentially. This it's a warehouse, basically. Uh, Fable as quickly as possible is going to kind of find a corner, mm-hmm. and um, activating the sending stone. She's going to. She doesn't know thieves can't. Mm-hmm. But hoping they have the other one. She's going to talk to Treasure in a very casual, while it's open. Um, well, shame no one in her out tonight. I could have really used a good, uh, a good lay for one of the, one of the whores down the way. There's this one man who knows exactly what I do. But you know what? Everyone staying away for the night might be best. Nice, quiet, peaceful alone times. Before a big drug, you know? Trying to essentially warn them, do not try to follow us in here. If you get caught, we're all fucked. Yeah. And so she's going to talk about how nice it'll be to be alone tonight and how relaxing it'll be to be quiet and private until morning, you know? And uh, mm-hmm. then just to see if she can make any of them blush, talk about all the dirty things this whore used to do to her. Um, <laughs> the... Sending stones technically are only 25 words, but I but we play very loose with that. I'm saying it, yeah. it does not afford the entirety of no, the uh, they, of the blow by blow the... as it were. <laughs> it just cuts but, off. Um, but it but you do get the you do get the message and the warning out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that is where I am prepared to end mm-hmm. the evening. If you all have anything else you would pressing you would like to do tonight. You are welcome to. Yes, I would like to know what uh, this GIF is that you just posted. What film is this? I have no idea. I just it found it in really GIFs under cool. under heist. It does look very cool. So, yeah. I guess uh, I think I know the answer to this. Um, I rolled a one on a percentile dice. Um, but yeah. um, I am I'm I'm dreadfully curious about this uh, hooded figure. Um, would would I uh, have been able to hear even the slightest inkling of like intonation that might be uh familiar to uh navi's ears or would it be not um, enough I, I i will say it's it's not enough narvi cool. for you to for you to be able to make any sort of judgment call on good it to know. good to know just realize it says words on the things in the gif does it always bet on dead Oh, it might be the, is that Dave the, Batista. that's Dave Batista. Yeah, yeah, that's, thank you. That's the, yeah, the, that one. Thank there you, you go. Um, that's a very cool poster, right? Yes. Yeah, very cool. All right, guys. Well, I think we're going to say good night. Thank you guys for a really wonderful night, for a really fun and entertaining night. Thank you for taking the reins and doing awesome stuff with it all night long. Um, I, I appreciate I appreciate the the small break and uh, and still being able to play, which is an absolute joy. So we're gonna say good night. Uh, we I might be back. I think I'm back tomorrow with some um, A to Z, and then we are I think out tomorrow Wednesday. Tomorrow you have Borderlands. 
I believe. Well, we might have Borderlands. Yeah. Either one. So we'll do one of the Wednesday, but you, we've got a couple of days in which to do all that and, yeah, keep going. Yep. Sorry. You can do both. And then days. Blood on the Bayou on Thursday, yeah. and um, we're going to try to have some Altencia adventures in Altensia this, this weekend uh, on on hopefully at least one of the nights. So thank you guys for hanging out with us. We are going to see you guys next time, but until then be cool.